0: Welcome to the Buckhook Podcast. From the shallow waters of the Lower Laguna Madre to the deep blue waters of the Gulf of Mexico and the thick mesquite brush of South Texas. Follow along as the Buckhook crew take you on their outdoor adventure. And now, here's your host, Jason Saldivar.
1: What's going on, Buckhook Nation? We are back with another episode of the Buckhook podcast. Today's episode is a good one. We are talking offshore, big fish, and big boats. When this captain agreed to come on, we got excited. Even DJ messaged the group chat like, oh shit, that's pretty badass. So let's get this rolling. But before we do, I'll let the guys introduce themselves. What's going on, guys?
2: Scuba here. Hey, hey, it's Captain man. What's going on, guys? It's Devin the Dude.
1: What's going on, guys? This is Willie. So today's guest is a seasoned offshore fisherman hailing from the shallow waters of South Padre Island, Texas. With the Gulf of Mexico being his playground, this captain's passion for fishing knows no bounds. He is equipped with years of experience and an intimate understanding of our local waters. He is truly the go-to expert for anyone seeking an unforgettable offshore fishing adventure. Setting sail from South Padre Island, Texas, this captain embarks on thrilling expeditions onto the deep blue. He navigates the blue waters in pursuit of the most prized catches the Gulf of Mexico has to offer. From beautiful wahoo and majestic sailfish to mahi mahi and delicious snapper. This captain's expertise ensures a bountiful bounty every time. So, with that said, welcome Captain Mark.
3: How's it going, guys? Thanks for the invite.
1: Glad to have you on, man. So, like I was saying, you know, when when Scuba reached out to you and messaged the chat that like, hey, we're having uh, Captain Mark come on, we uh, we all kind of got excited. You know, we knew that this was one gonna gonna bring out a good ex- episode. Um, two. A very informal episode because just like in George Brown episode, a lot of people don't know what South Padre Island has to offer in terms of going out into the deep blue. You know what I mean? And um, I think locally, um, not only locally, like in our Texas waters, you know, your name is out there big time. I mean, I before I I met you just today. Right. I ran into you Well, with DJ, obviously, but I ran into you one time out at the tip of the jetties um, while we were on the boat. Right. And we had lost, I believe, three kingfish, right? And I think you were talking with DJ on the radio. And out of nowhere, you know, I see this boat coming and I'm like, what's going on, DJ? He's like, a buddy of mine's gonna drop off a gaff. So, like, the first encounter I had with you, man, was one that, you know, ensured that our success was gonna be better. You know what I mean? Yep. So, it goes to show what kind of captain you are, goes to show what kind of person you are out in the water because, you know, the water is really unforgiving and oh, yeah. uh i mean if anybody knows it, it'd be it'd be you you know what i mean but you know give us a little bit of uh background history uh some information on yourself
3: about that day it took uh, dj about a week to give me that gaff back <laughs> <laughs> hey you got it back though buddy I, I used it for like
2: five more trips probably yeah hey but yeah that was a, that was your small gaff. i know you have like two or
3: three yeah i got here. a couple more Well, no, yeah i've um like like you mentioned i like you know offshore fishing is my thing i i enjoy out being out there for 10 12 hours if i could do it day in day out you know every day every night i would do it um but there's days where it's just super rough and we just can't make it happen uh there are times where you know i've been out there and 60 70 miles and it's slick calm and then all of a sudden there's a big big squall coming through you know 30 40 mile an hour winds and you just got to go head on to it uh you know, you're you're out there marlin fishing, and that's that's just one thing I love to do is just chase big big fish. But it also depends on what you really want as a charter. You know, you're booking me to go out there. If you just want snapper, I'm gonna take you go catch snapper. If you want to go look for a marlin, I'm gonna take you go look for a marlin. And the success, of the, you know, the rating on on catching a blue marlin is not you're not gonna get one every day. Right. You know, I've I've done this as a captain for 16 years now. I'm, you know been on the water since I was nine offshore. Uh and in those sixteen years I probably got fifteen blue marlin underneath my belt as a charter boat captain. You know, if you're out there on a on a private boat and fishing Friday, Saturday and Sunday, which a lot of a lot of people do that down here, you're gonna get a lot of shots at at billfish. Uh
2: and that's staying out there 24 hours right
3: well not 24 hours you know it just depends you know if uh you know fridays and sa- or saturdays and sundays they have uh they have uh the big game uh club fishing
2: oh oh you're talking about when when they're out there
3: yeah so they're you know the that's club. friday okay. and saturdays they have the little term it's a little it's a little tournament that the island has um
2: south texas big fi- big game club? yep
3: yeah that one okay. and uh you know th- those guys are out there fishing strictly for blue marlin, Selfish white marlin, and you know there's there's Kyler and Corey Mock that are out there and they're just killing it. You know they're they're catching seven, eight sailfish a day. You know two, three blue marlin, which is it's that's really good. Uh, that's not what I do. I, I'm you know it's like if you guys book me, I want hey I want to go look for wahoo. That's what I'm gonna go. Do. I'm, that's what I'm gonna go do is look for wahoo targeting fish targeting fish yes sir and
1: and so i mean you gave us a little bit of uh you know history on that you were you know doing this for 16 years but on the boat since nine i mean how did you get into first of all are you local i mean are you from here
3: yeah i'm from port isabel uh you know uh born and raised uh 36 years now almost 36 years uh my dad was a shrimper my well pretty much my whole family they were all shrimpers uh my brother he he got his captain license when he was 19 or 20 and i would jump on the boats with him and pretty much just uh go look for sand trout and whiting as as a kid you know right right As nine ten years old that's what i was i was a deckhand and i filled in one day out of jim's pier i think i was 12 or 13 and we went offshore never been offshore for you know selfish or anything like that and that day i got a selfish we got a selfish i I hooked it and I just never looked back at the bay. I just I fell in love with offshore fishing. I stuck with it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, senior year comes around. My mom's like, "Hey, what are you gonna do? Are you know, are you gonna fill out those applications? Are you gonna take your your scholarships for track and football?" And I told her I was. I'm gonna get my captain. I said, "I'm gonna. I want offshore fish." So that's 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 pretty much what I've been doing for 16 years now.
1: And so someone, you know, the young listeners that see you and start following you now, you know, they'll look at your Instagram and they'll see you on, on this, you know, sport boat going out there catching, you know, what you're saying, these these different types of fish. Um, it, it's just wanting to do it, right? You know, it, it's putting in the time, obviously, as a, as a little kid, putting in the time and in, in as a deckhand. Um, I see a lot of kids also at the at the docks, you know, cleaning fish and, and trying to learn what, what their parents, you know, have done in the past. But, um, basically what would you recommend to a kid that's wanting to pursue something like what you've done?
3: Just, just show up to the dock every day. And, and one day someone's not going to show up, a deckhand will not show up. And you're going to have that opportunity like, like myself, you know, if my deckhand's is not there and, and, Say there's a 15 year old kid on the dock, and I see him, and I see him on the dock every day. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, you want you want to take this trip with me? That's how you get on a boat, and that's how you learn. Little pickle right there, buddy. Yeah, little pickle. Yeah, he's uh, that's Victor's son. He's a uh, I don't know, 10, 11 years old when he when he was down there at the dock, and he's he catches some good fish. He knows he rigs his own bait. He knows how to rig who He knows how to did make his leaders for for blue marlin and stuff. He's he's he has a he has a a, that offshore fishing he has a special special spot for his for for offshore fishing and it is offshore fishing is not made for everybody um it's actually down here it's not as it's not as busy as it was 20 years ago 25 Mm -hmm. years ago you know uh it's we don't have the deckhands and the captains that actually want to do it out of here now there a lot of people want to go to florida or port a Galveston, you know they, they like to fish out of, towards the flower gardens and go catch 16, 20 wahoo a day. Down here where it's it's you know we're gonna catch one or two a day maybe, but they're gonna be big wahoo.
1: Yeah.
3: So that's that's is that's that's you know if you want to get on a boat you got to be down there at the dock every day. Just show your face, and they will. One day they will. Someone will pick you up.
1: And and I've noticed that because I do see. Throughout the years, you know, growing up, I've always fished and I've always hunted. But I've, I would always think, like, how the hell does somebody fucking get on, you know, how does somebody get the job here? Somebody, How does, you know, I always thought, like, how did Aaron get a job at Murphy's, you know, as a 14-year-old? Well, basically, his dad went and dumped his ass there at the dock. And it's yep. like, hey, put him to work. You know, if you pay him or not pay him, who cares? Like, put him to work. And yeah. so, I mean, for those that are listening, those young, you know, anglers that, you know go find yourself a dock and go see how you can help out you know what i mean sometimes i mean really it's just putting in the time at the dock, making sure like you said you know making sure your face is being seen at these docks wanting to work and when you do get the opportunity to go put in the hours you know show up on time show up ready to work with a bright face and and an attitude to want to please you know the customers that are boarding this this boat or these
0: he's uh he's totally true though like uh that's pretty much how I got my opportunity, like, on the boats. Uh, At the time, my cousin Raymond was uh, captaining there, and I would come around. Uh, Aaron was uh, on the other side with the Murphys, so I was always trolling around during the summers and just trying to see what's up, and finally, opportunity of, like, hey, they're hiring, like, came around, and I took it, and that's how, like, I was able to meet all these people, like Mark. uh, His brother was my first uh, captain on the on the Isabella back in, shoot, I was around. It remember,
3: was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah, the way
0: back. So, and you uh, you were saying that you were not. I think I was working with you one year, maybe there, maybe the last couple months, and then you went up north.
3: Yeah, I ended up going to the oil field. Yeah, two thousand twelve. Uh, two thousand the end of the beginning of two thousand twelve. I ended up going to the oil field.
0: Yeah, and that's when I got my opportunity there. But pretty much same thing, like how you say, you know, just kind of like coming around and them seeing that you want a, a, a shot and it, it's, it, it's true, you know, like just wanting to be in the water, wanting to be on the boats is pretty much the, your ticket in.
1: And not only that, when you do get the opportunity, you're, sometimes you're set with like 14 hour days, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Seven <laughs> days a week. For Seven the, days a week. Yeah. yeah. It's during summers. You're so ready it was, for yeah. that too.
3: Yeah. Uh, just like you said earlier, you know, it's seasonal. Um, you know, you're going to get your, you know, especially if you're if you're say you're on a on a head boat like fishing boat, your day start five o'clock in the morning. You know, like uh, Thunderbird. You know, Thunderbird they they uh, the deckhands get there at five. Their trip don't leave till seven seven fifteen ish. Uh, they clean their fish when they get back in. By the time they, by the time they leave that dock, it's sometimes seven eight o'clock at night, and uh, <clears throat> you know they they're getting ready for the next day. You know like when dj was working with with daniel and i uh you know six five six years ago seven years ago or something like that you know dj, DJ we were running 12 14 hour trips every day sometimes it was you know a six hour or six hour back to back you know we get there 5 30 get the boat ready to leave at 6 30 get in at 12 1 o'clock clean fish back out at 2 and by the time we would leave the boat it was 10 o'clock you know and then we had to take what we could because we only have 90 to 100 days of summertime before everybody starts going back to school and so we got to make the money and get as many trips as we can because i know we all know when this when when after tuna season everything's done there's no more it's pretty much they close grouper they close they pretty much close everything down on us uh, so so we try to get as many trips as we can during the summertime
1: and then it's crazy too because like you know federal waters they're constantly changing the dates, right? And so you you can plan for an awesome year, and then they give you just so many months.
4: Or
3: yeah, they had that was you know there used to not be a season. There wasn't a season in federal water, and then they went down to one hundred and thirty days, one hundred and twenty, and then it went down to one hundred, then ninety. I remember one day it went down to six six days or something like that. Yeah, dude, six days. Six that was twenty fourteen. I was working at yeah. Quick Stop then. It went down to six days. And it's just one of those where you know you have federal water permits and you're stuck with federal water permits. You can't come in and Change catch. Them. You can't come in to state water and catch your fish because we are we have our federal water permits. Oh, I had no clue. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the main thing on it. And so when you have these big, uh, like Captain Murphy's, you know, having six days for the whole year is like, how do you do it? <laughs>
3: it yeah, it's it, not it, worth it. it. No, no, no. It'll definitely hurt us. Um, you know, I was in 2014. I was already back into the. I was I was in the oil field, so so it it didn't affect me that much because I was I was running crew boats, you know, running from oil rig to or to rigs platforms, taking uh, personnel to to the rigs and or groceries or sometimes it was just a pack of cigarettes I would take to them, and and the the, the company's paying twenty five hundred dollars five thousand dollars a day just just for the boat, so if they call you you go, just go. so, but. Just like DJ was saying, and, and Ruben, you know, when you know the Thunderbird, that's that's how everybody makes their money. Uh, you know, you give us six days. Now we only have six days, and they could they could tell you exactly like they don't have to tell you a month or two months ahead of time. Oh, you're you're gonna have five days or six days or 120 days. They'll tell you a week before. Hey, this is the regulations. You got six days, or you got 20 days, and that's it. Yeah. So if you if you have forty days booked already in your buck, we have to call our people and be like, hey, you know, they shut it down. We want to get twenty days, and 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 it, and it really does hurt us because they close amberjack season. Uh, you know, now we have to go look for you know vermilion snapper, lane snapper, you know, different types of snapper that that are actually really hard to catch. Everybody thinks it's easy to catch, but it's it's yeah. not. And
0: then it gets tricky because you got to get like. Uh, in between the size because they're not easy to, you know, smaller fish and whatnot. So it's not the typical fishing because you're like chasing it now. Where
1: well, you we, we were at the port, dude, and Devin caught a nice mangrove snapper, and he's like, "Man, why the hell don't we catch more of these?" And then he's like, "Dude, it, I don't understand why aren't these protected?" You know what I mean? Like, why is a red snapper protected, but these aren't protected, and they're super delicious too. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it goes you know what well, you're saying.
3: we well, see like in federal water in federal water um they got to be 10 inches you know they so so even if i can't say if it's too rough offshore and i go to the port of brownsville and and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of mangroves up there mm-hmm. um if you know where if you know where to fish in the, in the right spots i know a lot of people that go up there and they do really good but they've been fishing the port for 10 12 years yeah. they, know, they know where to go like if i went up there i wouldn't know where to go i wouldn't even know where to start right. um but if I went up there and say I went up there and I was that's I us. was uh, yeah <laughs> that's if, us you know we, if, we <laughs> guesstimated every time <laughs> so yeah. if, so say I went up there and try to do it and try to catch mangroves if I did catch a mangrove snapper up there I would have to fo- follow federal water regulations because I have federal water permits. so that, that would have to be ten inches on 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 that boat they federal water permitted yeah so any boat that has a federal water permit you know we have to follow those regulations so so even if I come say if I come into state water to try to catch lane snapper or vermilion snapper which is very very rare to catch them in state water um i would have to follow those regulations and it's not even even out in the deep water you know you one day i went out there and i caught 40 you know and i caught 40 keepers the next the next trip i went out there and i didn't catch one so it's it's actually really really it affects us when they actually cut our season down
1: does that uh does that um apply to like pelagic fish
3: so pelagic fish is uh so so pelagic fish is actually we have we have the permits and the the pelagic fish actually the these are the two that fall fall in that category is as actually a cobia and a king mackerel so wahoo tuna uh mahi mahi they are they're they're pelagic fish but they don't fall in that category you'd have to have uh your highly migratory species Oh, not even you. You only need that for yellowfin, and if you're getting, or swordfish, or or if you're gonna kill a blue, a blue marlin during the tournament, you know, down here we don't, we don't, we don't kill blue, uh, you know, selfish white marlin, blue marlin. We we don't kill them for fun. Uh, we, you know, when we do kill one, it's during the tournament. But yeah, this is pretty much your plegic is kingfish and a copia.
1: And so when you're when you guys are leaving, you know the jetties, right? And you're trolling. Is there there's certain fish that you're gonna have to throw back then?
3: Uh, well, you know, we, we like to go, you know, we like to catch Bonita. Along, if I see a school Bonita mm-hmm. or a bunch of Bonita, I'm going to throw some lures out there and catch them just because I use them for bait. Bait. Um, those Jackervilles, I, we catch them when we just release them. A lot of people say they're good eating. I've seen them filleted and I will never eat one.
5: <laughs> nah. It's red, red
2: meat, bro. También barracudas. Nasty. That's the worst. <laughs> Mark loves those <laughs> trips. Mark, you just spit out his drink over here.
3: <laughs> yeah, about that day, um, it was uh, we just DJ and I just got off of a, a five-hour trip and clean, clean quite a bit of fish and <laughs> DJ cleaned the boat, put the bait away, and uh, ready to go home. Yeah, we we're ready to go home, and <laughs> and Daniel Cole goes, "Hey man, I just booked you another trip for this afternoon." And I looked at DJ like, "Man, dude, we." He just did that to us, <laughs> like shit. So, so DJ, DJ just put his head down when it got more squid and whatever, and <laughs> we got our snapper and DJ missed the selfish
2: <laughs> Okay, so Mark won't tell you about that. Is I hid little like markings in his glasses, so like when you look in the direct sunlight. <laughs> That's why he's always telling over the radio. I just saw a sailfish. <laughs> you know, he, he still has those glasses. Where are they, buddy? Show them.
3: I, I put them. In, I put them as. Uh, I hung them on the wall. <laughs> uh, so, so we missed that sailfish that day. And uh, we come in. We're we're coming in, and I tell I tell DJ hey man let's go let's go troll those rigs And I, I saw the look in his eyes like oh don't you do it <laughs> don't you go around those rigs and this is why whenever anyone
2: tells me let's troll the
3: rigs i'm like no we
2: were actually <laughs> talking
5: about it the, the other day in oh, the with, podcast with george yeah he <laughs> said like i will never do it like because we we have asked before like hey let's do it dj like no it's a hard no <laughs> <laughs>
2: no
3: tro- uh, george brown said trolling
2: suicide
3: yeah yeah you're 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 gonna, you'll get so many hookups on, on barracuda. It's not funny. And I looked at DJ. I was like, throw them in the box. Like, nope, I'm not putting that in the in the in the box. Have you ever smelled a barracuda? No, no. Okay. Especially have, a big one. Not not like there's have,
2: like these little sentinel barracudas in the bay. Those aren't bad.
3: But the, <laughs> the have you ever have you ever caught a needle gar needlefish? Yeah, yeah. They smell like that, but like 20 times worse they stink
2: like your cooler like all the fish in your cooler is rotten yes. why even throw it in the box
3: really yeah it's it, it now, has, i don't know if it'll rot oh, the other fish no but it, it just it feels it, like it has <laughs> a, it has a hard smell to it it's hard to get it they're out they're real slimy
1: is there people that
5: eat those i,
3: I have a lot of uh, i have a lot of good friends that that do eat them they say they're good i filleted them before their their meat's super super flaky and white I just can't get over the smell. So is a mullet. Uh, the
5: mullets are
2: real nice and white.
3: Yeah,
5: you know, we, we eat those. Yeah, they're good. That's I, what I, I heard. Had them, I had them before in chicharrones. They're good. That's <laughs> I <what> promise.
1: <laughs> Willie went out and like found one of those. Uh,
5: you know those like the, I think they're what? called like inlets, like the ones from the bay oh, to the to the beach to the surf.
3: Oh, oh. yeah, little inlets. Yeah, little yeah, guts. So one in, time,
5: Mexico. in Mexico, dude, I found one and it was loaded dude with mullet like you see them like coming my guests from the bay to the surf dude we we fill up like two ashes dude full of fucking mullet and we went back to matamoros dude and the next day we had chicharrones dude of mullet dude it was
1: good
5: (laughs) dude you you, you crossed
1: back over and you started doing illegal
2: shit (laughs) 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 What,
5: what, what do you mean what do you mean I was. I'm talking about when I was over there in Matamoros, the oh, okay. not, not not here. Like I'm, talk, I'm talking about like my 14 oh. year old bleep this bleep this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but then the following week we went back in the same inlet. Whatever it was loaded with shrimp, dude.
2: Yeah. dude. Oh, okay. Well, never shrimp, gonna forget I, that. shrimp. I'm down for this. And, and like he the like loaded up ice chest full of shrimp. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The bay shrimp are real nice. I like those. They're like mm-hmm. wa- like like whiter.
3: Yeah, they're white shrimp. Nice. I think you're. I think you're only allowed. 15 pounds, maybe. Not in my <laughs> <laughs>
1: So which is the first boat that you officially got on as like an actual captain?
3: The first boat I got on got on as an actual captain was uh, out of Breakaway, uh, the Isabella. And that was, uh, you know, we were catching, you know, a snapper. That was, you know, eight-hour trip, six-hour trips, you know, just strictly snapper fishing. And at the time, it was I didn't even have the proper gear, proper gear to troll. Um, old boat.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry, no, I'm just, <laughs> no. It's just an old. We were talking about this earlier with uh, DJ yesterday. We're playing uh, golf. I was asking, how old is the Isabella? Like, it's
3: been around. It's been here for for twenty years. I remember when that boat first came down here. My brother was running that boat out of Pirate's Landing. It was my brother and Michael Walker. They were they were running that boat. Um, out of out of pirates landing and i think that was as a I was i was a sophomore but not as an offshore boat uh no they would i mean it's my brother my brother he's a he's a little on the crazy side so he, he would he, he, he would go he would go to uh, there's a place called you know down it's down next to the border it's a it's called the playground yes um Certain time of the year, those those uh, sand trout get in there, and they get in there real, you know, you get some big, big sand trout in there, yeah. 22, 24 inches. Yeah. And, yeah. And so he so, was known for that,
0: uh, to go to those areas, I remember very clearly. Yeah, so he,
3: he would go there just because he knew that they were there. But that was actually a, a bay fishing boat for sand trout and whiting and a dolphin watch boat. Correct. Um, and then Daniel Bryant took over that boat, I think, in in two thousand five or six because yeah. I remember getting on that boat when I was a sophomore so that was 2003-2004 2000, yeah. when I first when that when that boat first got down here
0: and I got on it like on 2013 or 12 2000,
3: it was like 2011 two, yeah. 2011 I think it was. that's when you got there
0: and your brother was on it
3: the- yeah my yeah. brother actually trained me on that boat um, so when my brother was running that boat they pulled me to the side Daniel Bryant and and Brad uh, the manager at the time, he pulled me, they pulled me to the side and they said, hey, you know, uh, we're taking you off the schedule. So I thought I'd done something wrong. And a week passed, and I was like, well, what the hell? Like, why am I not on the schedule? Well, I didn't know that they were sending me to captain school. And they sent me to captain That's school. Yeah, they, nice. sent, they, they sent me to t- uh, captain school and, you know, I, I went and did my captain school for 10 days, whatever. And uh, little did I know at the time, is my, when my brother was training me and I went to go get my captain license, and then all that, all that process is going on. I didn't know at the time that they sent me to a captain's school to take my brother's job.
4: Oh, shit.
3: So I took my brother's job and he didn't talk to me for two or three years. And it was, it, I, had yeah. no, I had nothing to do with it. Um, but that's, that was the first boat I got on, you know, snapper fishing. Uh, you know, uh, I caught my first selfish on that. On, well, as a captain, I caught my first selfish on that boat
2: again which boat is this the isabella and you can still see this picture around the day just go into any shop and look for the breakaway cruise card and you'll see mark (laughs) holding the sailfish he's like a lot smaller than he is right now too yeah and he's wearing his visor
3: yeah 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 this mark ate that mark that's for sure i was i was about 100 145 pounds then Um, i'm pushing i'm pushing 200 now mind you you you're only like what 19 18 I was twenty. Twenty,
2: yeah, dude. Come on, how long ago was that? Twenty, 20 years ago. That was sixteen years ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Let's
0: start with sixteen years ago.
2: And look at you now, buddy.
3: Yeah.
1: How long were
2: you on that boat for?
3: I was there for for three years. Um, I ran that boat for three years and caught a lot of fish. Wahoo tuna. Uh, I caught a you know forty pound dolphin off of mahi mahi off of there. I caught a lot of good good fish off of there. And in two thousand. 2011 is that correct Ruben? when so, when 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 jared passed away yes jared stood yes yeah uh he passed away and and i i stuck around a little longer and it it just wasn't the same anymore so around my birthday in april i i just i gave my two weeks notice and i, and I went to the crew boats and uh i did crew boats for i don't know four or five years I didn't. I didn't like that, so I came back home, fished for a little bit, and then I went. I went and worked at a big ranch out of uh, out of Bernie. I did that for three years, and it got old. For you know, it got old. It was fun, but it got old. At a ranch, doing I, what? I was. I was guiding, uh, you know, for elk and and uh, orcs, addicts, uh, exotics. Uh, yeah, exotics.
0: And you were pretty much just seasoned, right? I mean, get out there.
3: Yeah, uh, it's a high. It was. It's a high fence, so you know our season started early over there. Um, but we would also do like chucker hunts, uh, pheasant hunts, quail hunts. Um, that's badass. Bad. So it was it was it was fun. I just I kind I kind of got I kind of got bored. I spent it, like
1: ten years in Bernie at, <laughs> in a bar there. Yeah, <laughs> off of Fair Oaks. Okay, like that, that golf uh, course that's out there. Oh, nice. And so um, it was that Irish pub that was there, and like after school, I'd go and eat and shit, and then just take off. You know what I mean? So um bernie's awesome place dude and i could see how like it, it's it's fun you know because i guide myself for hunting it's fun but then after a while it's like ah, man i don't want to take this this hunt or I don't yeah know, you know what i mean like because it's just it gets repetitive
3: yeah i got it got kind of it it didn't get old It just it was the same thing day in day out he missed the water that's what it was i was, I was about to say that i was i was I, I did miss the water um so i came home uh, it was, I came down for mother's day and then I was here for, I put, I was, I was on vacation and, uh, I was here for mother's day and I just, I didn't realize how much weight I lost at the time when I was there. Um, when I came back home during the time of, m- of my vacation, I just noticed how much I missed everybody, my family, my friends and the water. And I went, I, I bought one of my buddy's boats and I went fishing and you know i I didn't i did good i caught fish and it just made me think like you know what i'm coming home Uh, i just i drove up that night packed up at six o'clock in the morning and i was back at home that evening uh without even saying i was quitting i just i just came home and it was probably it was it was probably the worst way to do it but i'm still really good friends with everybody on that ranch and they, I think they understood they that. Understood, yeah. Yeah, they understood. Except I was, I was the
5: customers from from that day. They, yeah. they didn't have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, it was it was already the off season, so we
2: weren't hunting oh. no more. But hey, when it's it's different when a customer does a no call no show, but when a guide no calls no shows, <laughs> yeah, that's
3: that's yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I did that one time.
1: <laughs> I kind of had this, the same story, man. I was in San Antonio, you know, living out there, and I was uh, working for a law firm, and I was like the cubicle life wasn't for me and i came home for christmas and new year's time and then um i was like fuck this i'm not going back yeah <laughs> and i stayed and um started hunting and fishing a whole lot again and yeah and it's, it's been badass but
3: yeah I, I when i came home i probably i didn't i didn't I didn't even bother looking for work for like two weeks i came home with money and uh so i was i was going going to the bars you know local bars you know Laguna Bob's uh tequilas and louise and Kellys. i was going to all those little bars and enjoying my time and uh then i started running a crew boat out of here for a little bit it was about a week or two and and the the contract ended and that and dj was working with daniel cole they just brought the the misguided down and daniel called me because my boss at the time russell and daniel they're like really they're real good friends he uh he told daniel hey you know our contract's ending i need to keep keep this guy busy and daniel wasn't gonna hire me because people in my family and he was like he thought i was exactly like them and he gave me a shot and i've been there for almost seven seven years now may will be seven years
1: that's badass man
3: oh he he gave me the opportunity and, and now we're just building we're trying to get we're trying to get a fourth boat now
0: and and literally like anyone down locally that knows offshore since i've been around in the docks uh He's the one. Like he, they look for him. He's won multiple uh, tournaments. His name's out there, and then for him to have a fleet now, it's pretty cool. Like it's just nice to know that under mark two.
3: Yeah, yeah. Daniel Daniel's won one TIFD, uh, three or four times, something like that. DJ. Yeah, yeah he got. He's won it uh, twice with the Selfish, and I think with uh, one with the blue marlin. He won one year with a, a three seventeen blue. That wasn't not a big blue.
2: 300, 317 pounds. You yeah, know, so it goes to show you how some some years it's tough out there, but I mean anything can win it. One well, year a selfish won it.
3: Yeah, one, uh, one year is well, almost every year a selfish wins it. Uh, you know, if you don't kill, if you don't so if you don't kill a blue marlin or a white marlin, the biggest selfish actually takes. If you're in if you're in all those categories, mm-hmm. and it, it say you're in the on small pot, uh, medium pot, and and and, and big pot. And you're across the board on all those pots for the blue marlin, white marlin, and Selfish. If you catch the he- if if you catch the heaviest Selfish and nobody killed a white marlin or blue marlin, you pretty much win all that money. And these
1: prizes, I mean, these pots are massive, right?
3: Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it does get up there. It you know you you could walk away with twenty grand, or you could walk away with two hundred grand, two hundred fifty grand. It depends. And I, like, uh, you get your offshore points, uh, catch and release points. Uh, there's different, different categories. Like, walk, uh, like, like Michael Walker this year, he won, uh, he, 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 uh, had uh catch and release points and, and he won catch and release points. So, that's that's the category he won. So, there's, there's money, there's money and all over, <laughs> all over to win. You yeah. know, there's, there's actually like,
0: there's like so many awards. That, I mean, yeah. they're giving up probably like close to 30 awards.
3: Yeah. If, there was one year I had a I had a thirty-four pound dolphin a mahi mahi and I was like man I'm I'm gonna win this you know the next the next closest to me was thirty pounds and I was I was like five minutes away from winning it and the last two boats came in two or three boats came in and it was a thirty-nine pounder forty pounder and forty-two pounder wow so they, you know I was like it's those yeah. are the big boats that are out there for yeah and then, those you know, are the
0: ones that can come back in last Holly minute Nets, Nets, right? yeah. yeah they they have an extra what hour and a half maybe you would say
3: yeah I mean. So like me, I'm doing 16, 17 knots, and they're doing thirty knots. Double. Yeah. So they could fish. They could fish an hour longer than I can. So. Yeah,
0: and usually that's when they get lucky. You know, that makes like, a difference. It really does, yeah. dude.
3: Yeah, and that's what everybody, all the like us charter boat captains. That's what pretty much we tell everybody. Like speed kills. Yeah. It's just like football. It's just like track. It's just like yeah. baseball. The speed kills. You know, if you have a go fast boat, you're gonna get there fast. But the way I see it is, you know, those go fast boats get out there like DJ on the, you know, re- <laughs> on the regulator. He's doing 60 miles an hour. I'm doing, you know, 18 miles an hour. Hey, when I'm on the panga, I can only do 12. <laughs> but, you know, everybody, those, those, those big boats and those go fast boats, they're, you know, they get 60 miles real quick. One well, hour, baby. But what, what about the other, the, the other 30 miles, 40 miles that you passed? It, I, the way i see it is hey man you left me those you left fish for me yeah that's the way i see it scared them back to me <laughs> the, the freaking all the ocean man dj you, you you haven't been out there in all you need to get out there and fish with me
2: man <laughs> if i can get these guys to go fishing i would trust me buddy we have all the gear and everything but they just don't want to stay out there Go out there for 12 Who's hours. Who's that? My oh, okay. They're, they're snapper like, fishing. I'm just like me, though. I do like snapper fishing. It's, it's I I'll say. I was I was like, like, wait a minute. We, yeah, keep yeah, like, <laughs> Can
5: we fish for 12 hours? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. During snapper
0: season? <laughs> yeah, I, I still haven't had, like, like us as a group, like, have been out there that long and, like, chasing stuff and, like, you know, like, the opportunity to come like that.
2: Yeah. Well, once I get the outriggers on the boat, it'll really change everything. It'll We'll be able to troll a lot more lines lot more instead lines, of yeah.
3: just two.
1: Hey, and then so from the Isabella, I mean, where'd you go to next?
3: Well, uh, the next, the next fish. Well, I, when I was there at Breakaway, and uh, when I left Breakaway, and I was on the crew boats on my time, so I was doing twenty-eight days on, fourteen days off. So my time off, I was still out of Breakaway. I was still fishing out of Breakaway, but it was fishing for enjoy the moment. At the time, that that company is no longer around. His name's Mitch. He he owned. Two thirty thirty-three 33 foot uh Bert Chums and I was running one of them which was called the Rod Bender and that boat I loved that boat it was it was easy it was quick and I caught selfish and wahoo and tuna off that boat it was it was a lot of fun I did that from you know during the summertime I, I fished LKT off of it uh I fished a few tournaments off off of those off that boat and here and there and or i would go and help someone else run their boat um and then and then i just you know I, I came back and worked for for daniel for the past seven years well almost seven years now
1: daniel's fleet uh do you know the sizes and the you know exactly what boats they are
3: yeah so the so the big boat it's a it's a 38 foot topaz it's, it's 38 foot overall it's a it's a topaz and then the boat i run is uh it's the misdirected is 35 uh foot bruno steelman and then there's the third boat is a 26 foot mako it's uh right now it's still it's still named the rebel yell it's been rebel yell for the last 12 13 years okay best name out there especially for mark <laughs> what,
1: what is it again
3: the rebel yell wow. yeah that's a, it's a pretty pretty neat little boat it's strictly snapper fishing unless i want to go out there and you know like me dj and y'all if you're like hey let's you know couple people let's go we'll go out there and I'll and go out there and troll for you know get out there pretty quick and do a 10-hour trip and look for tuna on oahu and i won't snapper fish because if i'm out there doing that that's what i want to do
1: and so for for tuna fishing um uh, you don't really see it much out of south padre island um i mean what what kind of distances do you have to cover to to start being successful you know for tuna
3: well there's times it's especially when the shrimp when the shrimp boats are here and the, the season's open, um, that's when you know that's like August is late late July, August is like okay tuna should start showing up, mm-hmm. so we'll so we'll go and troll around some shrimp boats. Sometimes we catch them 14 miles out, sometimes we're catching them 50 miles out. Just really depends on where the shrimp boats are at. Sometimes when the, like this year, you know, we had to go 45, 50 miles just to go and find them to find the shrimp boats and the shrimp boats didn't even have this tuna on there. There was so many sharks, you know, we would hook up to a tuna and the sharks were eating them. And it was just, get, it was, it was getting really, really tough. And we we're losing a lot of tackle. So we just stopped messing with them. And that's when I started just focusing on grouper. I'll tell them, Hey, you know, we might get a couple uh tuna on the troll in open water, but I think we're going to go and do some deep dropping for, for some grouper. And uh, we actually did real good. Uh, we caught a quite a bit of grouper this year, you know, yellow edge, uh, Warsaw, uh, what, what what's
0: the depth we're looking at for like a grouper
3: uh just the you know if you're you know warsaw you're looking you know you could catch them some people catch them at the rigs you know uh, some people catch them at sunken shrimp boats uh just really depends it's on i'm not gonna tell you it, yeah <laughs> that's why i
2: have my eyes ready i was like all right Martin, let's
0: see buddy He's- not, not mainly like spot uh mainly like depth uh you know like not necessarily because I, um, maybe there is a specific depth that uh Warsaw or a uh, any
3: type uh, of grouper is looking for uh, Did you forget the name of my boat? <laughs>
2: I'll take specific <laughs> coordinates. Oh yeah. That's better
3: than any water it, depth or anything. It, if you look at our shirt on the misdirected the compass is upside down so <laughs>
4: send you over there to Mexico, dude. If
2: Mark gives you a number you got to be careful. That's all I'm saying you might end up uh play like that.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean you normally when I'm out there looking for a grouper I'm out, I'm out anywhere from 200 to 350. You know, after that I don't I really don't like fishing any deeper than that just because if I wouldn't want to fight a fish deeper than that. You know, um there are people that fish in 500, 600, 700 feet of water for 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 a grouper. I'm just not going to make my my clients do that. I got plenty of numbers. That's probably
5: up like what? Like a, an hour fight or? Just...
3: Well, it depends on what kind of, what kind what of tackle size, you're using. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause some like people, some people use electric reels. I don't, I like to use, oh. I like to use, uh, I like my it's people to hand crank. Yeah. Um, but uh, my biggest, my biggest grouper, you know, Warsaw is, uh, it's 142 pounds and it was with winter Texans and these guys love, love jigging for grouper. Uh, they book six, seven trips a year, 12, 14 hour trips.
1: Same guys, same guys. That's they book, ass, they dude. book.
3: That's that's, that's what, the
1: kind of customers you want. Yeah, bro.
3: they come with me every year. Um, Mr. Ken Flowers, no, not Ken Flowers, it's uh Larry Petrie. And, oh, yeah, it is Mr. Petrie. And he he fishes me. And, and and he, when I say he doesn't use bait, he doesn't use bait, it's all jigs. And this year, we didn't get it. We didn't, I didn't get it. Oh, yeah, I did get a Warsaw grouper with him early this season. Got a Warsaw with him.
1: Is that uh, that, that like kind of looks like uh brown and white
3: snowflakey no it's uh well kind yeah kind of you know some of them come up with a lot of white spots on them okay uh i got pictures i could show you guys later uh, or send them to you if you guys you know they i caught some that i was like wow that's a really really pretty fish but the one then that big one i caught the 142 pounder when he came up he just looked like a toad dude his his his, his eyeballs are sticking out this, this guy the guy that fought it he you know he's old he was older he's in in his 60s and he was about to give up and i told him, man you got you got third you know you got 30 40 feet left to go and uh when he came up he just you know he, he blowed it up with air and he popped up like a balloon so when i went to gaff him i was i kind of looked at my deck and I'm like shit man you're gonna have to help me help me help <laughs> get another gaff in him, man i can't pick this thing up and we got him on the boat and which is that one's on the that one's on our website with com, you know and and it's it's literally it's a it's, it's huge. Like when he came up, I just saw how big it looked like a Volkswagen coming up. I was like, holy crap.
1: Yeah, I believe it, man.
3: Oh, you know, Um, but yeah, he, those, these guys, they fish, they fish hard. They, they'll, they'll jig 10 hours if they have to.
1: And they're taking 12 hour trips or
3: 12, 14 hour trips. Oh man. And that, and, and sometimes he'll go out there by himself. You know, he just enjoys fishing. Sometimes we don't even catch anything. If we don't catch anything, he's just like, okay, cool. Well, I'll book again next week. Yeah, tell him i'll jig with him for, yeah he, for ten he, hours. yeah he 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 actually <laughs> he, he always a friend he always tells me like hey if you know anybody wants to come tell him to come i i i just i don't want to go by myself all right you have five now
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll cook for y'all and everything on yeah day, bro get you so, all set in
3: uh he, he brings a bunch of candies yeah like, hey hey mark you want a resist like, no nah, man i'm, I'm good <laughs> dude he's he's one of us <laughs> yeah should you see us
1: one. in the duck plane man it's I mean, if you go through our Instagram and you see our duck hunting videos,
5: every reel has one of us eating Bro, these guys, these guys have a, a, a mean, like a small Yeti, bro. No, we don't. <laughs> full, of, full, of, full of candy, bro. That, and if you don't see that Yeti in the boat, it's going to be a bad trip. Because, I mean, they're just going to be looking at each other. But when that Yeti is there, bro, they're like going at it hard, bro. Especially Matt. Matt <laughs> yes. <But> the cat. <laughs> so what are uh, some common, like,
1: what what's the most common tuna that you'll find out in the gulf or that you you personally chase, you know, on your charters?
3: Uh really what mainly what we catch are the blackfin tuna. Uh every now and then you you'll get a, a random yellowfin 50, 60, 70 miles out, but most of the time when you're going to catch your yellowfin, we'll be at the spar rigs, you know, 120, 130 miles out. Uh and that's that's a 36 48-hour trip. Okay. But mainly mainly like like, what What I do on a charter, I don't like, me personally, I don't like going to the spar rigs just because it's a long trip. You might go out there and catch 15 tuna, you know, yellowfin, or you might not catch any. You might, uh, you're you're going to catch your blackfin out there. there it's, there's a bunch of blackfin out there, a bunch of blue marlin, sailfish, and, you know, white marlin, uh, wahoo. It's just, that's just not my cup of tea. I'd rather... You know, if they're gonna book a forty-eight hour trip, I'd rather do two twelve hours. I'd rather come home and sleep and right. wake wake up again at four thirty in the morning. Get the boat ready for the six o'clock. Leave at six o'clock. Get back in at twelve. I mean at six, and uh, clean fish, whatever. You know, get to eat, go to sleep, shower, all that good, all that good stuff. And you know, on a forty-eight hour trip, you're stuck out there. And you're gonna, you know, some, sometimes it's a, it's a really, really successful trip. Just like uh, what Michael Walker does, you know, that's that's what he does. He offers those trips. He has the boat big enough to do that, and and he enjoys being out there. Uh, I think honestly, all the I think all the all the boat uh, charter, you know, private charter boat captains enjoy what they do. You know, he he that's what he he enjoys to do doing 36 48 hour trips sometimes sometimes a 72 hour trip you know that's that's what he offers uh the most we do is a 24 hour trip you know it's for, for, for like swordfish uh night fishing for grouper um and then you do, you know the daytime we'll go and troll for wahoo blackfin uh catcher snapper you know uh stuff like that
5: and and these uh boats have like a bed or something where you can go to sleep or are you just roughing it out out there
3: No, uh, you know, uh, like the Misguided, and the one that Daniel runs, that one has uh, the V-berth. There's two, three beds up there in front. Uh, And then there's, when you go downstairs, there's a big couch right there. You know, two people sleep on there. Little shower, there's a restroom.
5: Oh, I mean, that sounds good. Uh, The reason why I'm asking is because a friend of mine, you know, he has done a trip in Puerto Vallarta and they go uh, three days and they stay out there dude in the middle of nowhere but it's uh, the boat is like a like a panga yeah it's, it's, it's
1: like a 30 foot panga dude
5: and they're sleeping on the floor Seven and panga but and i mean they're fishing dude the pictures and and all that way that he has shown me it's amazing bro
1: it's a three-day trip and it's spent all three days you know hugging the coast on this panga and, um, I mean, it, it's rough. Like, it looks rough, but they do get on some crazy-ass fish and a um, bunch of trophy fish, for <laughs> You're sure. You're talking
5: about, like, I think it was, like, 300-and-some-pound tuna, dude, that he was able to land. Fucking crazy. And so, on
1: the tuna, like, which one's the more prized, prized tuna?
3: So. It's the yellowfin, right? Well, I mean, for down here, yes, it's the yellowfin for us. Um, but every now that you know sometimes we do you know every year the you know the bluefin tuna do come into the gulf of mexico to okay. come and spawn um justin drummond on the quantified uh two or three years ago he, he he set the state record i think it was what 870 76 pounds or something like that whoa he he smashed he smashed the the record you know uh well, no, I guess I can't really say smash it, but he, it was, you know, someone beat it and it was, it was 842 and it was 842, I believe. Um, but then Justin Drummond came in and he got a an 876 and, uh, that was just seeing that fish was just like, man, that, you know, that guy They fought. brought
0: that fish back into, uh,
3: uh, no, they brought that fish into, uh, to Puerto Ranzas. Port okay. They brought it into Port Ranzas. They waited in, uh, and that that he I I think he said they fought it for like eight ten hours, whoa ma- ma- maybe a little longer than that if I'm correct. They had one be- they had one on before that one, and they were fighting and it popped. And and at the time they didn't even know what it was. They thought it was just a massive yellowfin. So they when it popped they set out another bait and they hooked up again. And uh, they were fighting and fighting and, and they and they finally realized like okay this is this is something bigger than a yellowfin. And when they came up, it ended up being that, that, blue, that, uh, that bluefin tuna and, and they, they stuck it. They brought it in. That's the, that's, that's like the prize right there is a, if you get a bluefin. A tuna, bluefin. Yeah. That's, you don't catch those very often, you know, and, and, and uh, across the Gulf, the uh, Gulf coast from here all the way to Florida, it's, uh, you only get like 3,500 pounds of, of bluefin tuna. That's our quota, or okay. three thousand pounds. I can't believe I, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's Three thousand pounds or thirty five hundred. So if you catch three of those fish, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's that's your quota. Maybe maybe four. You know. Um, but that year, that year, there was there was three of them that were caught, over seven hundred pounds, eight hundred pounds, and and we I think we just had went over the the quota.
1: Dude, and so I mean, what kind of reels are they using? What kind of you know? So 800 pound fish, you know what I mean?
3: You know, when you're out there, when you're out there at those bar rigs, you know, um, they're using 80 wides, 130s. Some some people go out there with, with 50 wides. Just be ready to fight. You know, if you hook into something that big, you're going to be there for a long time. And and honestly, I don't even know what, how big the reel was. Um, I just know they fought that fish for a very, very long time.
1: And do you know the process of once you get that boat, I mean, that fish uh, close to the boat, like getting it on board
3: yeah you got to get ready with your harpoon or you know your flying gaff uh you everybody has to be on the same page because tuna just don't come up to the boat they do a death roll they 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 do big circles so once they're coming up they're doing big circles they're going under the boat and the captain has to be on their a game you know he's going under the boat he's like all right put your put your starboard side and forward to to roll with that fish Uh you know you don't want to go over the line and and snap your line Uh run over your line and that's happened I, i know a lot of people that's done that i've done it before you know we're hooked up to a big big wahoo or or something or or swordfish and and they start doing those big circles and you put the wrong wrong motor and in, into uh in gear and and you, you run over your line
1: but i mean how how do you like bring them on board so once you harpoon them you just do you guys have like a like pulley, a pulley no a pulley system well
3: like on the quantified or on the bigger the bigger sport sport fishing boats uh a lot of a lot of boats they have Tuna doors.
1: Tuna doors.
3: Correct. So, so they'll tie their fish off. They'll grab. They'll tail wrap it, and then they'll drag it into the boat. Some people have their their pulleys. You know, their hoists and stuff. They get they get them on, they get them on the boat like that. But most of the time, you it's don't have that. So right. you, it's you just you, through the doors. It's through the doors, and you need six seven people. You know, the crew, the whole entire crew that's on the boat is hands on with that fish and getting it on the boat.
0: You said that this one was got um, on the quantified.
3: Yeah, that that one was on the quantified. I think it was two years ago two or three it was like two Which or three
1: seasons uh, and back-to-back champions and and was that in a tournament or was that in a no
3: it was actually it was actually they were just out there fun fishing uh, it was, or it, was, or it, was or it was very successful or or or, or it was this, or a charter it was it was yeah, yeah. it wasn't a tournament Nothing. um it yeah, was it was bef- it was before tournament fishing and still uh, holds the the record? It still holds it yeah dj wow. go ahead and look it up and read it to us
5: <laughs> dude i mean Jamie. i don't know if y'all seen um, well,
3: well well dj likes to google stuff you dude, know dj is a little computer he's our race. guru <laughs> look, at him, look at him look at him he's turning red
1: <laughs> he blushes when we say that shit. hey
5: but hold on real quick i don't know if y'all seen these videos going viral of a lady you know putting a, a big freaking tuna into the boat by herself dude. oh yeah and she has like a pulling system like i yeah. know like you're talking about jay and uh, I guess it was like a like a winch or something like that, dude. But the that tuna is pro- it was probably up there up there like seven hundred pounds or something like that.
3: Yeah, that I saw that one. It was uh, one? it was a, a blue fan. She was on the boat by herself, and the boat there was actually another boat fishing yeah, around, and yeah. they were watching the whole time. And when they when they got that, they were, the boat was rocking, so it swung into the boat. And they uh, as soon as that that fish hit the deck. Those people, yeah, right? they started screaming yeah. and, and cheering her on. You know, it was it was dude, one woman. Success, huh?
0: dude. So it was actually eight hundred seventy six pounds. Yeah, eight seventy six. Out of Puerto Ranzas. Yeah,
5: and that's the state, right? That's the state record. Okay. two years ago. It was
3: two or three years. But ago, But again,
0: I it's rare to see a blue in the state waters. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: you know, it's uh they 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 do come through this. They they come in here to to spawn. That's what they do. They come in here to spawn excuse me um they uh so when the biologists did did uh you know checked it out and everything they said when it came came into before it came into the gulf of mexico they if they would have caught it you know in florida or or uh, up north you know if they would have caught it up there they were they were saying it would probably have been 12 1400 pounds wow. so when he came so when, when that fish came in here and spawned it lost all that weight, you know, they, they you know, they'd spawn and laid their eggs or whatever. And, and uh, so I ended up being 876. Either way, that's still a big fish.
1: Yeah. Like on a regular trip, I mean, what is some, what kind of trip do you like to run?
3: I like to do a 12 12- or 14 hour trip. And when people ask me, Hey, I want to, you know, I do get those people that they're diehard for sort of, you mean, know, not sort fishing, uh, for fishing for blue Marlin. And, and I tell them, Hey, you might get one, two strikes. Uh and they're okay with it. I had a guy this past season, he's you know, we we went out there and he was like, I don't want no tuna. What this is what he called it, he's like, I don't want no bycatch. Uh, what's bycatch, you know? Uh in my head I'm just like, you know, we're not catching snapper or nothing like that. And he was like, No, I don't want no tuna, I don't want no, I want I want blue marlin. I want billfish. So all we did was pull big big lures that day and he just kept saying, Hey, I used to fish back in the day with with Danny Galane, uh, out of Jim's Pier, and this guy's a legend. He 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 owns, he used to own Jim's Pier and uh, Amber Jacks. Uh, he he they, the his family owns uh, Nautical, which is if you guys ever have fish, it's a must. Their fish enchiladas are amazing. Um, well, anyways, that guy used to fish with him every year, two three trips a year, and he was like. When I fished with Danny Glen, I used to, he, he used to bring me to the canyon. So we would go to the canyon and we would be successful. So I decided that's where I'm going to go. And 10 minutes into that trip, we hooked up to a blue marlin. That guy said he's never seen a blue marlin that big. We didn't have it on the line very long, maybe 30 seconds out there, you know, dancing, spitting, you know, shaking his jumping. head. The- jumping. and and his it spit, his spit the hook. We lost it. Well, with, with that, that guy was like, "Man, that made my day." He's like, "I've never seen a fish that big." It was thir- when, it, when we when we hooked it; it was about thirty yards behind us. And when it, the first jump it jumped, I knew we were going to be in a good fight. And when the guy stopped reeling and the fish jumped towards us, it spit the hook. How big do you think it was? Uh, about six hundred pounds, uh, five anywhere from five to six hundred pounds. It was, it was it was a really good fish. And these
1: clients, when you when they book. I mean, do you kind of have to talk with them before the whole process is confirmed?
3: Yeah, I, uh, I always, you know, every, before every trip, I I'd sit there and talk to them before everything. And, and back to your question when you asked me, what I really like to do, what, what's my trip I like to do, is a 12, 14-hour trip, grouper fishing. I love grouper fishing. Um, just because I know the chances are a lot higher than catching a blue marlin.
1: So walk us through like, a, you know, some, I book you for a, a grouper trip walk me through it.
3: So, I mean,
1: what time do you want me to show up to the dock? I mean, what's the so, process that you go through before I show up to the dock?
3: So normally, normally if you know, you book a 12, 14 hour trip, depending on, depending on the trip you book, you know, if you book a, a 14 hour trip, we're, we're, I'm up and, and my deck ends up at three o'clock, three We're at the boat, getting the boat ready. We leave at five and be back in at seven. If it's a 14 hour trip, uh, And you know, you can show up. You show up to the boat, and before we leave, I'll sit there and talk to you and say, "What exactly do you want to catch?" I know you want to go for grouper. Do you want to try for, you know, tuna, dorado, wahoo, uh, you know, vermilion snapper? Uh, I try. I try to throw everything that, everything possible, just to try to catch a little bit more fish. But if you know, I want a grouper. That's what we're going to go for. We're going to go look for grouper and target grouper all day and and sometimes sometimes you know we'll get we'll get warsaw yellow edge scamps gag grouper just re- just just really depending on the current if the current's real real strong i will talk you out of doing a grouper trip and say hey let's do a 10 or 12 hour and let's go look for wahoo or tuna it's just uh it it really depends on the, on the current uh if, if you have three four knot current well then then we, it that grouper's out of the picture. Just because we're drifting too fast.
1: Okay. Basically you're saying, you know, you go out for a grouper, right? You're having the people meet you at the dock at six in the morning?
3: No, we'll leave at five. depending on the trip. Like if it's a twelve hour we'll leave at six. If it's a if it's a fourteen hour we'll leave at five and come back in at seven.
1: And then usually what time do you start fishing? I mean what do you start so, trolling right off the jetties? I mean
3: No, um normally Normally I like to run two and a half hours, three hours, just, just to get out into that deep water gain game ground, uh, to get us closer to the fishing grounds where all the rocks are at. Uh, you know, I go, sometimes I go 55 miles. Sometimes I go 30 miles, just, just depending on how I think this, the, you know, also depending on the, on how long of a trip you, you book, you know, right, if you, right. if, if you book a 14, 16 hour trip, then definitely I'm going to get to my 55 mile rocks and, and fish hard on all those rocks now if you book a 12-hour trip i want to try for a grouper now i'm gonna stay in 30 40 mile range and fish six seven rocks that i have that are real close to each other and sometimes those are not the best trips that's why i always push for a 14 16 hour trip
1: right you need that time to get push yourself out
4: there
3: yeah
1: and then you're talking about these rocks i mean are these rocks thrown out by humans or they're just
4: naturally
3: no these are actually natural rocks uh they start from they start from about 280 to about 360 and uh and a lot of times you know when we're, when we're we're fishing for with we're using uh jigs and on the way down those tuna those tuna will hit and you're like oh whoa whoa i already hit bottom and then you start really you have a tuna on there sometimes a wahoo um i've gotten lucky this year with uh one of the guys like i said uh, the, the those winter texans uh, larry petrie they caught Three, four blackfin this year, just dropping the their, their jig down fishing for a grouper.
1: And at what depth are they hitting that? Do you do you have an idea? uh
3: Sometimes you know, sometimes at three hundred feet, sometimes it's at one hundred and fifty feet. Uh,
1: just depends. And you're not
3: going to catch them every day on a jig, Let, uh, unless you go to those spar rigs. If you go to the spar rigs, you're going to catch them on the jigs because there is like peepy perch out there. Um, oh shit! Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. It's uh if you've never done it, then. It's it's fun to do it. It's once. gonna be a
5: fun day. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's fun to do it, and I swear I swear you'll catch fifty, sixty blackfin. But um, if you if you're gonna pay for a trip that many, you, you want to catch your yellowfin.
1: And what does a trip like that run?
3: Uh, I don't. I, I personally don't book them. Uh,
1: where where can somebody find this kind of information? With, to, to well, uh,
3: f- for a perdido trip like that, the spar rig, uh, you would have to contact Michael Walker with us uh salt walker uh, sport fishing do you have
1: a certain distance that you'll just stay within
3: yeah like on a 16-hour trip then again like i said if if you know if i get those people that book a 16-hour trip and all they want to do is bottom fish so so i'll just do the 50 mile range and bottom fish but there's times where i get two people on the boat and all they want to do is martin fish so i'll go 60 70 miles just
1: just moving yeah
3: moving around trying to find find them that one fish and they're happy with that one fish. They don't care about bottom fishing. Yeah,
1: And so w- when we go out with DJ, you know, we're anywhere from 100 to 150 feet, right? Um, but we never stop. I mean, we're constantly have the engine on and, and we're constantly moving um, just because we, we don't anchor. You know, to, to anchor that panga, it's it's not really worth it. We, DJ does a really good job of just staying over our target. Um, do you anchor out there at 300
3: Mm No, no, I never anchor, um, excuse me, especially during, um, during federal water season, I won't, I will never anchor, uh, we're, we're pretty much drifting the whole entire time, uh, just, just gaining that ground. And most of the time out there in federal water, it's, uh, it's actually, it's pretty easy, you know?
2: Yeah. Snapper fishing in federal water is super easy. So like, there's
3: no reason to anchor.
1: Right.
4: Okay.
3: So like grouper like grouper fishing, people ask, "Oh, are you gonna an anchor?" Like, no, I'm not dropping anchor down 350 feet, 400 feet. That's that's just a long like that's a lot of line, right, a right. lot of anchor rope, and yeah, I I, I won't anchor.
1: And you say it's easy for you, man, because you've been doing it. You, both of you have been doing it your whole life. You know what I mean? But like you know, if-
2: well, well, I say it's easy, but I've also had knowledge from Mark Daniel murphy that's know, what i'm saying i mean they, you're, you're, you know.
1: you're, you're knowledgeable on this stuff because i mean imagine me going out there and and trying to catch some fish i'd first of all I'd i wouldn't know if i'm going north or dude, south that's bro. what yeah. i was gonna say like you it, know what i mean
5: right now when um mark is naming all these spots dude i'm like man that's amazing like i'm over here in the bay like rattlesnake you know the south bay like like very very, very confident you know yeah. like the areas imagine out there dude like you guys knowing all these spots like that by that's just a few of a binder. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. yeah, I
3: got I yeah. There's 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 numbers out there that you guys look at my GPS and
2: think there's a lot of spots you should see. This guy's much less Daniel Coles. Yeah, it's uh,
3: you know that's I've been doing it for a long time, and you know my my like I said my before you know my my dad was a shrimper, and I got most of my GP, GPS numbers from my dad. You know when he would get hung up with his nets or whatever, and he would write them down in his book, and and he, he would. He gave them to me i have a, my uncle still my uncle still i still today and he's he's still giving me gps numbers even if i have them i still like oh i already have this number but you know i'm still getting gps numbers right Well,
0: so, most of the time the one like if you do get numbers like they're named already or
3: oh well, well not really most of the time they're, they're they're rocks um a lot of the the wrecks now or back in the day, they're already named. You know, they was named after the the shrimp boat or whatever boat sank.
2: Yeah. So these rocks are just
1: secretly given names.
2: Yeah. So for example, I have a spot named Patrick that uh, Mark is Frankie, and our friend KK is known Roach. So you know, these
1: yeah. numbers are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess numbers are more important than <laughs> names.
3: But yeah, they're they're all the same. They're, yeah it's the same number um i normally don't like to go fish wrecks because a lot of people are already fishing them uh so so i stay away from i'd rather go fish a rock just because i know it's a rock and a lot of people are not going to have that number so a lot of those a lot of those wrecks they're already published you know you can find them you can find them on a on a map or they're they're not going to be dead on you're gonna have to do big circles or whatever and and the You know, I, I'd rather just go fish hard bottom where it's, it's not even a rock. I just know the fish are there or sometimes I find a spot. I'm like, oh, look, there's fish. Like, I'm going to try it. And sure enough, there's fish on it and it's a new spot that I have.
0: And when you were given these numbers by your dad and uncle, um, you were right away on them, like trying to figure them out or go after them?
3: No. Uh, I didn't have the range to... You know on the isabella when i was in isabella and I, I first became captain i was i only had the 20 mile range so the 20 mile range uh
1: he was following the rules remember he wasn't. yeah
3: i follow rules now now i just i just go if i you know if you book a 12-hour trip with me i'm not gonna stop at 15 miles to try to catch snapper <laughs> I'm, I'm going i'm gonna go 40 miles 30 miles and and go look for some big it's big, big snapper. snapper yeah and and give you guys the opportunity to catch those big snappers because you guys booked a long trip
4: yeah
3: um on a six hour you know i'm, I'm going 15 60 miles and i'm, I'm what, what you catch is what you get you know it's sometimes you're gonna get a 15 pounder sometimes you're gonna get five pounders
1: that's awesome it's happened to us when we go out there man and we catch barely legal fish you know what i mean and it's like well not
5: right. not last year no i mean last we had, year was my first year and freaking dj did amazing out there <laughs>
0: <laughs> usually it's a like a easy in, easy out kind of day this year was a
2: little different, man. We were catching the big, big snapper till the end of the season. Right, and that's yeah. what I'm saying.
1: We struggled, bro. In the beginning of the year, we were catching some small snapper, and, and those, like those was probably the trips
5: that like you didn't invite me. So five, six, seven I trips. Know. But the
2: snapper that Mark's talking <laughs> about on these uh, longer trips, man, they're they're like dinosaurs. Every single time, the scales are like they're like puffed out. It's, big go hogs. It's, yeah, yeah, they're big. We get some they look different when they come out of the water. They, I mean, they're still snapper, the red snapper, but they just look a little different because of how deep they came up from. Like
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah when the, when those fish come up, you're like, oh, that's a that's an old fish. Yeah. You know, and, and if you catch a 20 pound snapper or 18 pound snapper, you're like man, that's that's a 15, 20 year old fish. You know, it's just like like the groupers. there, you know, you catch a you catch a big big grouper, that fish has been been alive for 30 years. You know, it's. As to,
1: old as you, <laughs> you yeah. There, I mean?
3: There's fish down like that big, that big Warsaw I caught. That was maybe a 20 25 year old fish. That's a big fish. Damn. And you know, there's uh, they just like just like those mahi mahi, they the first two, the first two, the first four, uh, 14 days of their life, they're growing two inches a day. And after that, they, they slowly, slowly and they only have like five year lifespan, four year lifespan. Kill them all. <laughs> we don't have a we don't have a, a size limit, but
1: dude, we caught a bunch of chicken mahi one day.
3: <laughs> Man, two years ago, it was
2: every I was going to every wreck, and they were on there. I freaking killed them all. Hell yeah, just catching little chicken mahi after mahi. They still taste good.
3: Yeah, that that year, that year was actually really good for for fishing for for mahi mahi, um, and that's actually what saved pretty much everybody's trip because the kingfish weren't in. And it was it was kind of it wasn't too tough for tuna, um, but but those those little turkeys, you know, little chicken dolphins, turkeys, you know, they were they were saving us. We were saving catching, your day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were catching 10, 15 of them, and it's like you know they caught fish. Yeah, so so it actually really helped us. And this this past season, it was tough.
1: And so a lot of people too think that you can't catch mahi out here. You know what I mean? That you have to go to Mexico and catch them out there, but. um when, I mean, DJ made us a believer, dude. We caught, I think it was, like, 27 that day. Yeah.
5: Dude, even last hood. year, your friend, what's his name?
1: Daniel. Yeah. He, Daniel he did pretty up. good in
5: one, one in one of his trips.
1: one of his hauls, yeah. He loaded up on, on Mahi.
2: Yeah, I mean, even, like, when I was working for Daniel Cole, we had a, we took a five-hour trip, you know, and we didn't even go, but, like, ten miles, if that. And No, I think
3: we're, like, four miles. Yeah,
2: maybe even four miles. And uh, with Mark, sorry, not with Daniel Cole. And, uh, and, uh. We, we caught a mahi on that one and the, and the customer was like, man, I didn't even know we can catch that on a five hour you know so it's it's pretty amazing the, to see the reaction out of someone who didn't expect to fish on a five hour trip you know right and, well I mean like
1: you and Mario that one time uh, heading out of the jetties you guys caught a, a really nice mahi I mean for being so close to to our shore
2: yeah yeah no i've I've even seen a picture not I don't even know how long ago it was they caught one off the jetty the guy was on the off the jet. That he was, he that was this past season. Yeah, it was this such- past
3: season they got they got a, like like a, a three foot uh, mahi. That's badass.
1: And then so back to, back to the boat. I mean, you're up early. The boat are they're usually fueled up day before.
3: I yeah, mean- we uh, we pretty much once we get in from the the trip before, uh, I run and get fuel in the truck and and pump fuel back into the boat and while the deck hands, you know, the deck hands down there re-icing the boat and, and tying leaders and rigging baits for when we're trolling. Um, like I said earlier, you know, there's times we leave at 10 o'clock at night, uh, after cleaning all the fish and, and getting everything ready. So our, everybody thinks, oh, it's, uh, you only had a 12 hour trip or an eight hour trip. Our days are even, even if it's, uh, you know, on a, on a 12 hour trip, we're, we're doing 16 hour days. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's a big process to, you know, uh, like the to, ice doesn't get there by itself. Yeah, the gas that, doesn't yeah. get there by itself. Um, the
1: bait doesn't get caught by itself. Yeah, you know I mean?
3: exactly.
2: Especially down here because everything is so, like, limited. There's not a whole lot of places to get gas. There's not a whole lot – or diesel, you know. There's not a whole lot of places to get ice.
1: And, and that's what – you know, that's why we're trying to showcase, Mark, because there's not – you know, people aren't really familiar with the sport fishing side of South Padre Island. They don't think it, there, it really exists here. Um, but you know, there's a few captains and there is a few boats that do run out of here and are are pretty successful. And, um, again, tell us, you know, where they can find you, what, what company they can use to book you.
3: So all the, if you're ever down here in South Padre and you're looking for deep sea, you know, offshore, Well, there's deep sea fishing, you know, inshore or offshore, um, all the boats, all the, all the, pretty much all the private charter boats are out of South, out of South, uh, no, Sea Ranch Marina and uh that's on here at the end of south south Padre island um you know if you guys want to find us on 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 uh on the website is that it's uh texassportfish.com or on facebook it's uh misdirected fishing charters and you can find us there uh but like i said if you're gonna if you're actually down here and looking for a charter and you, and you can't find anybody just go to sea ranch marina and you're you're gonna find somebody there that's willing to take you
1: and that's for going out into the blue Water,
3: yeah, to the blue water, yeah, deep sea fishing,
1: yeah, because down here, I mean, we have a bunch of guys that are around the bay, um, those are very easy to find, but um, offshore fishing is is not as easy as you know you would think. I have every time I go out in the summer with DJs, like, hey, dude, to you know, have DJ take me out, you know, I'll pay him, like, hey, dude, have DJ take me out, you know, I'll pay him. It's every single trip I get five, six messages, you know, like, yeah, that they want to go, but. Um, DJ doesn't run those federal, federal waters with, with paying customers. But, um, you know, on that boat, what, once you guys leave the jetties, you got your deck hand working, right? I mean, tying up baits and doing whatever they have to do.
3: Yeah. As soon as, as soon as we leave the dock, he's, he, it's hands on. He's, you know, uh, most of the time he has everything rigged up the night before. So, so on the way out, I let him get a little bit of rest. Uh, but about 45 minutes before our, our, our fishing rounds. Well, we need to be depending on what trip you booked. If you booked an eight hour trip, of course I'm going to run, you know, an hour and then I'll start trolling. Uh, if you book a six hour, well, then we start, you know, I'll run 25, 30 minutes and start trolling. This really depends on, on the trip. But most of the time, once we leave, he's his bait's ready. His rigs are ready. His snapper rigs are, are ready to go. Um, so pretty much what he's doing while I'm driving the boat and he's down there, he's talking to the customers, explaining to what to expect and what not to expect. And don't expect too much because the fishing season has been real slow or <laughs> expect, to, expect to catch some fish because the, the, the kingfish or, or dorado or tuna are in. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, he, he, it's not just my, it's just like they say, a good, good deckhand will make a captain look really good. Uh, and, agreed, and, and, and and it's the truth, you know, and now I like I could I could I could be one of the best captains down here and I've been fishing my whole entire life. I had DJ, you know, I had Julian, I had Bruno, I had Jordan, I had Tyler, I had Jesse Delgado, um, all all good hands. And I could get somebody that doesn't know anything about fishing. And if I'm not if 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 he's not catching, if he's not doing the, the right stuff, then I don't look good. So it it actually really comes down to a deck So I might like to the customers it might it might, it might sound like I'm yelling at my deckhands. But uh, in reality, I'm really not because he can't hear me you, over you the are, motors. Right, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's why, buddy. Whenever we would uh, explain, you know, if if you hear us yelling at each other, he's not yelling. He's just, you know, he's just talking really loud, you know? <laughs> <Kinda> <laughs> making
0: sure I hear him. I thought yeah. you were gonna say, well, maybe that's why you're not working with him anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I got, I moved on. I got my own captain job now. Yeah, I mean, we don't go out, but I mean, we still got a ca- still a captain job. <laughs>
5: Dude, and, and um, I mean, I haven't really done a lot of you know offshore, f- offshore fishing, you know, but I mean, I can relate to the videos and all that that I, that I watch. And, and that's true, dude, because sometimes like the customers don't even talk to the captain because you're up there like most of the time, you know, driving and all that. But if the deckhand is doing a good job, like you're saying, you know, the, the, the trip is going to go very well, you know. So, I mean, this is a really good point.
2: Yeah, we make sure to tell them that we're not yelling at them, too. Because sometimes, I mean, we'll, we'll be excited ourselves if a fish is on. You know what I mean? And you just you just scream from excitement, you know? Yeah. And they're like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, no, I'm not yelling. You know? <laughs> we're just excited. We're, he's not yet. No one's yelling.
3: This is a good fish, you know? You, you got to listen. Stop yanking. Stop yanking. Just real.
1: Yeah. And you're rolling with one deckhand only?
3: Yeah, one deckhand. So it's
1: just you, a deckhand, and then your customers. And the, yeah.
3: So, so. Since how many customers i uh any any private charter boat is six people max six max yeah okay
1: and that's for fishing only right like if they want to go do boat rides or i mean it's that's it's
3: uh, any private charter boat even you know if you're not if you're not uh coast guard inspected then six people max
2: yeah so any head boat not, like if it's like breakaway or I mean uh, the Isabella Escape or like the Murphy's Law Thunderbird Thunderbird any of those bigger boats that run 40 people they're all COI inspected but if you just want to but those require like the captains with the 100 tons you know if Mark over here has you have your 100 ton you, I mean you have your 100 ton but do you have anything No
3: saying? I have 100 ton I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm working on upgrading to a 200 ton 200 Okay so uh yeah you know And
1: explain that to the people that don't know what that is
3: so 100 ton you know it's uh i mean a lot of people have their six-pack captain license so you can only take up to six people then there's a 25 ton there's a 30 ton there's a 50 ton um then 100 ton uh so like me and a lot of people they'll claim that they have a 200 ton captain license when they don't even have the, the time for it but they'll claim it uh i'm measurable I, i'm i'm able to get it now because i have i have been on the water for 16 years and i have the sea time for it so i could get uh i, I could qualify for 200 ton so like if i have a so like i have a 100 ton captain license mm-hmm. and say the uh, uh the company i was working for they had a crew a crew boat or utility boat that was 105 tons i'm not allowed to run that boat because i only have a 100 ton captain license so that's
1: where it goes. The hundred ton, I mean, the one ton, two ton. Yeah, hundred ton. 100 yeah, hundred ton. Sorry. Yeah, hundred ton,
3: two hundred ton. ton um, you know, and and a lot of people don't have the two hundred ton. They go, they go, they get their five hundred ton, and then or unlimited. Uh, and license. does
1: that also qualify a certain amount of people per that each level?
3: Well, I mean, once you get once you get a two hundred ton, you're not gonna, you're you're not looking at fishing boats anymore. more. You're looking at bigger, you know, bigger bigger things like. Tug boats, utility boats, uh, you know, going, you know, running, running big, big supply boats and stuff. It's not this it you're you're on a different, level, different now. level now. 300 foot, 300 foot boats, like uh, oil oil fill boats, yeah, you know,
1: nothing to do with fishing. There's some
2: oil fishing boats out there, like like big commercial fishing boats. They'd probably be able to run a 200, 200 ton vessel, Like you know, but they're like, like, king crab. yeah, like, king. you know, like king crab or something like that, you know.
3: Yeah, but th- when it comes down to that, it's not even. Uh, um, you're not chartering. Oh yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah. You t- if you own the boat, you don't need a license. Yeah, you're not chartering, but yeah, like on some of those, um, like Wild Bill, when uh, or like we, even these shrimp boat captains down here, right? They don't well, need. A- they don't even have a cap. Like they don't have captain license, so they apply for a captain license. It's uh through the Texan Park and Wildlife. It's like thirty bucks or forty bucks.
1: If you'd like to be a sponsor of the Buck Cook Podcast, reach out to Jason at 210 331 0225. Again, that's 210 331 0225. And now, a message from our sponsor
0: Hey guys, this is Ruben with Scuba Fit Meals, bringing you the tastiest meals in town. With over eight years of experience in the meal prep business, we bring to you the healthiest and balanced meals around. With over 60 items in our weekly menu rotating weekly, and daily delivery, we bring to you a full package of convenience and health. Visit our social media pages at simply call us at 956-254-6506. Remember to inspire and motivate a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Now let's get back to the guys over at the Bucket Podcast.
3: So, as you know, like, uh, like, like Wild Bill on the last King Crabber, you know, he's running this boat and he's commercial. So therefore, he needs to have a, you know, his captain license. You know, it, it, depending on how how many tons that boat is, uh, he has to have a bigger, bigger, bigger tonnage than that 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 uh, vessel vessel. Is.
0: You mentioned you're working on getting that. Do um, you 200. have a? You have a goal? Is no, that just uh, it's
3: just something that I want to get just in case if you know if the fishing ever slows down and it dies off.
0: Or if they shut us down or, again, <laughs>
3: or, or or if they shut us down, then there's something to fall back on. Like no, 100. percent I could get onto a bigger with the with, with the 200 ton captain license. I could go and apply for
5: a better paying job. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: and 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 they see a they, guaranteed job. Yeah, which? they they see a 200 ton captain license. They're like, oh, okay, well, you know that yeah. we want him experience. You no, know, because there's a lot of people that have a hundred ton captain license that shouldn't even have a hundred ton captain license, and. A lot of people just get their captain license, and then yeah. then you see them get get on a boat and go and run, and they're running into docks and stuff. You're like, god damn! Well, who, how did you get? How, how did <laughs> you mean, get your <laughs> license, bro? I mean, dude, don't now you can him, get your man. six pack.
1: Yeah. Online. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Exactly. It, it blows my mind.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could you could do it online now. On on even even for a hundred ton. You, I
5: think that's what happened with COVID. With COVID, they are doing those online courses, like
2: virtual courses. That. Yeah, that's it, actually pretty cool. But I mean. It's still the same thing. Yeah,
3: anyone could sign up for Alan Stewart too, you know. Yeah, it goes. You know, Alan, you just sign up with Alan True. Stewart and and go do his his classes, and he'll walk you through a lot of stuff. But I mean, it's anybody could go and pass the test. You know, you go out there and do your test. But in reality, do you do you, do you, know, the do you know the waters? Do you know how to run a boat? Do you know how to, Do you know how to work on your motors? Do you, I mean, anybody could just turn the boat on and go. You know, uh, I've seen a lot of people do that, and and a lot of people I've seen. They stop running boats because they're they either get into trouble, or they're doing everything wrong, and they go back to what they were doing, back to the oil field. You know, uh, you know, like in Odessa, they, a lot of people go. That's what everybody goes to now. You know, um, it's 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 not easy being a captain.
1: It's a lot of work, man, and it's like people, you know, for as much as money that people think captains make, a lot of money goes into these boats to keep them running. You know, especially since we are in salt water, you know what I mean. It eats everything up. Everything in these boats is being constantly eaten. And then not only that, you know, on these bigger boats like the ones you're running, the amount of maintenance they take just to keep them clean.
3: Yeah, it takes. I mean, with you know working underneath Daniel, um, Daniel is actually really, really smart when it comes down to to working on motors. Uh, we do. We don't call mechanics to come in and and take the motor apart, take off heads, re- rebuild them. You know, we rebuild them ourselves or or fix them. You know, there was a time during tip two years ago, the second day uh, I was heading out, I was like 19 miles out and I, I heard a funny noise on my motor, so I just shut it down and I saw my temperature climbing up. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I checked my impeller. I, I was checked my belts i checked everything checked my c strainer and i couldn't figure out what was going on i was probably in that engine room for an hour hour and a half and uh i just kind of glanced up a little bit and i saw a little splash of water fall out of the c strainer well the pipe actually broke and it's it's the little things you know it was a little thing thank god it was a little thing I fixed I bypassed it, and we ended up fishing that, that tournament. But I went to the biggest parks. You know? A lot of people would just be like, hey, man, I'm broke down. Come and get me. And I, I sat there and fixed it. Trying and, to figure it out. Yeah, I figured it out. And, and and we ended up fishing. We caught three wahoo that day. We didn't place there in TIFF, but, but we still caught fish.
1: Well, I mean, you have to, like, I mean, make your money still. You oh, yeah, I mean? yeah. So these little setbacks is, shouldn't be a setback. I yeah. Mean, or all it is is a setback, but you continue and get it done um so are you very knowledgeable with
0: with engines you know being in these boats for this i mean long? just working with cole i would assure you he will be
3: yeah i know i know enough to to make it work uh to figure to, out a to situation. figure if I, I i could now now say if a rod or something goes through the motor then i'm, I'm dead on the water but yeah but most of the time i've i i broke down a few times out there um and i figured it out and i got back home you know uh Sometimes, you know, that was one time my, my bilge pump didn't work and and I couldn't figure it out. And I bypassed everything, ran another bilge pump and pumped the water out and, and it was fine. You know, it's just you always got to be prepared for the worst.
1: How do how do customers I mean, when something goes bad on a 12 hour trip or you have to do mechanical work, I mean, are they normally pretty chill about it? Do they understand or do, you, do is it something that gets you nervous, you know, as a captain that? Something goes bad, you know. Dealing with the customers while there,
3: yeah. There's there's times where where um you know the fishing's been real slow, and like there, there was one time my motor sh- shut off before I even got to the fishing grounds, and uh, we hadn't caught nothing on the troll for like two hours, and and they they were pretty upset, and then when the motor shut off, it made it. I was like, oh, okay, now I have to deal with them, you know, cussing at me or whatever. And uh, I went down there and I, you know, I figured it out, got the motor back on, went and caught our snapper and whatnot. And at the end of the day, they were like, man, you know, you did a really good job. We caught fish. You fixed the problem. And we got home safe. You know, it, it's there's all there's I've been out there in a few situations, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people have, uh, you know, I know one of one of my good buddies, he, he you know, heading out, he ran into a tree. And you don't expect to run into a tree out there in the golf, you know, you ran into a damn tree, you know. Uh, You hit a log, you know, there's logs out there, there, there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, you're, when you leave, when you leave at night, you're, you're hoping that you're not going to hit nothing at night, you know, and, and, and it it happens. You You can have
2: all the expensive gear in the world, and it's not going to stop you from hitting a log. You can have infrared. Log don't put off heat in heat, the middle yeah. of the, the middle of the night. You know, it's sitting in cold water. Cold so water. Yeah. Don't matter how much expensive stuff you have, you, you, that can always happen.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely pretty scary. You know, um, and a lot of people when they leave at five o'clock in the morning, they're not. Especially us charter boat captains. You know, unless if it's a tournament, if it's a tournament, we're we're Holly We're we're going. Um, but if we leave at five o'clock in the morning most of the time we'll do 10 10 knots you know ease out you know we're not going we're not full speed you know 20 knots whatever um we're still gaining ground and once we could start seeing you know there's daylight and we could see that's when we get up and run
1: and when do you start fishing right after i mean right when daylight starts coming no
3: it just depends uh like on a 12 hour, 16 hour trip, you know, I would like to get at least that 30, 35 mile range. Just, oh, yeah, just that way I could get out there deep water and, yep. and or, or a lot of times I just, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to say it just because it's, it's my little secret. <laughs> that DJ knows.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. we'll skip, skip yeah. next I question won't say it either.
3: But yeah, there's, there's little secrets and little things that people know, um, to do. And sometimes, it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of people like to throw ballyhoo. I like to throw ballyhoo. It's not a secret. Everybody does it. Uh, so, so you know, you get better shots at Dorado and, and Selfish and Blue Marlin and Oahu.
1: And then do you have customers that come in and want to, you know, really just want to catch anything? So you go out and try to catch some kingfish at the tip of the jetties or some Bonita or, you know what I mean? Like they really just... We don't care what it is, just put us on some fish and let's have some fun.
3: Yeah, I get I get those all the time. They're just they you know, I always you know, I wanna like I said earlier, we get on the trip right before we leave. It's, all right, what do you guys wanna chest? What do you guys wanna do? To, I don't care, we just wanna catch some fish. Like you guys gonna take the fish home? No we're not. Okay, well I'm gonna stick around and catch kingfish, bonita. Sometimes there's a bunch of Jackerbells, you know, I'll, I'll stick around and catch Jackervilles until they can't reel no more.
1: Yeah. And they're fun. They're yeah. super fun to catch.
3: Yeah. Especially those 30, 40 pounders and you're catching them. You know, if, you know, I take a group of four people and each person catches four or five of them, they're like, Hey man, we're done. We can't reel no more. And it's like a six hour trip ended up being a two, two and a half hour trip. And we go, we go home and you're right there too. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's a win win.
1: And those fish make for awesome pictures for especially people that are new to fishing. You know what I mean? it's it's a fish that looks like very exotic yeah you know what I mean so it's, it's it's
3: definitely a hard fighting fish uh it's pound for pound you're gonna you're gonna fight that fish for 15 20 minutes you know especially a 40 pounder
1: yeah when you're saying you know that there's people that go out to the port and find the uh, mangrove snappers like on the jacks, like we've gotten really good finding them, you know. Yeah. And we can we know certain spots that tend to have them like heavy, you know. And then, yeah.
3: Those like fifteen pounders, twenty pounders. Yeah. Yeah. So they we, put a beating on those little bay rods.
1: Yeah, dude, and they're fun. It man. So, fun. You know what I mean? And I have friends that do shark fishing, so sometimes we'll keep one or two for them. That way, they they have extra bait. But, um, you know, that that fish is one we usually throw back a hundred percent of the time.
3: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people like to use those for shark. I get that question all the time. Oh, I just want to catch a shark. Sharks don't mess with me. I don't mess with them. <laughs> I don't mess with sharks. I don't like bringing them into the boat. Oh, I just want a picture. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not bringing that fish in the boat. That's a big fish. It has a lot of teeth. I like my hands, and that's okay. <laughs> take the, take yeah. the picture right there in the water. That's fine. But if it's a barracuda, he'll say yes all day. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so you do have people that say they strictly want a shark.
3: Yeah, they. I get those people all the time that you know, um, I really want to catch a shark. My son wants to catch a shark. Oh, my son really wants to catch a shark. I want to. I want to bring this. Uh, if we catch a shark, I want to bring it home. And and I shut them down. I I straight out tell them.
1: First of all, well, they're <laughs> nasty.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're you know a lot of if you if you know if you know how to clean them and cook them and whatever you know, good for you you know awesome. Uh, most of most of the sharks, they pee through their skin. They don't, you know. They mako's and I think Atlantic sharknose are the only ones that really don't pee through their skin. Uh, so a mako is actually really, really good eating. It's one of the best fish to eat out there. Oh wow! Um, are you gonna catch one? I haven't. I haven't seen a mako in ten years. I, uh, I've hooked six or seven of them, but never caught one. I personally have seen one caught in
2: front of me, but at the playground, buddy believe it or not an eight footer Uh, who was that i don't know i was out there on the shallow sport it was the same it was the same time frame when i saw you on the rod bed bender out there with frankie
4: you
2: were uh, on your shallow sport my dad's shallow sport yeah yeah. yeah, the The the. 2012 18 footer not guilty it's over behind bns kites now guys if you ever want to go see it (laughs) but uh (laughs) Yeah, no, the uh, that's the first make I ever seen in my life and the guy pulled it up. He was literally fifteen feet from us the whole time fighting the fish. Or not fifteen feet, but like, you know, fifteen yards, twenty yards, whatever it was. Yeah. That's we that's were anchored a big up. Fish.
3: That's a big fish. But that was the uh, those it was blue, blue, dude. Uh, uh, have you ever seen one? No. No.
1: I saw um mm-hmm. uh, Joel caught
2: one, right? Um I don't know if he caught maybe in corpus. Maybe Joel caught a makeup. Let me I have to look that one up. Yeah. Let me pull it up
5: google yeah we'll get back
2: yeah. to that yeah.
3: one. when you when you hook when you hook one you're gonna see that fish jump 20 20 like at least 15 to 20 feet out of the water oh they Damn. they do backflips they they do everything possible to pop that line and it's and they always say it is for every 10 you hook you catch one I've hooked six of six or seven of them, and I've never, I've never even you got I've one. I've <laughs> never got one close to the boat.
0: <laughs> it's coming, buddy. Three more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you almost there? Come on, DJ. Where's that? Where's it at? Where it at he, DJ?
0: Um, I'm more than sure he has.
2: That, uh, I definitely see a thresher shark if that's maybe what you're referring to. But yeah, I'm, I'm know. still going through it. I'm still going. There's a lot of Facebook to go through. He posts a lot of sharks. <laughs>
1: Uh, we just gotta text him and uh, see where confirm it. Yeah, just have him uh, let us know. But um, back back to uh, offshore fishing, man. Um, is there certain you know lures that you like to use over others?
3: Yeah, it just is, it really depends on on what we're fishing targeting. For. Yeah, yeah, what we're targeting. Like if we're out marlin fishing, of uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna pull some some really badass lures. Uh, you know, now if we're looking for kingfish, I'm gonna pull. A, three dollar lure i'm not gonna spend i'm not gonna spend fifty dollars for three fish to jack up my lure you know I'm just, and on I'm, your
0: spread buddy you're looking what you're how many lines out there
3: uh if it's a you know if it's just a you know a five if it's the six eight hour trip ten hour trip i'm pulling five lines if i'm doing a like a 12 14 16 hour trip i'm pulling seven lines nice no, and it's it's a lot to you know it's a it's a lot of it's lines. A lot of work. Yeah, especially especially if you hook up to a to a really pissed off blue marlin. You hook up to a blue marlin or a selfish or, or a white
0: marlin or a pissed off captain.
3: <laughs> you hook up <laughs> you hook up to a fish, you know, and you, and and it's out there dancing. It's out there dancing around, and you got to clear those lines as fast as possible because you don't want to get tangled up. You get tangled up, you're gonna lose the fish.
1: And then you have to deal with a bunch of lines, dude. Yeah,
3: yeah, and it's not fun.
1: It happened to us in Mexico. The deckhand was not paying attention, and um, the, one of those Mahis tangled up a bunch of lines, I think four lines. Yeah. And so you could tell the captain was real frustrated with this guy, you know what I mean? But um, at, at the end of the day, they made it work, and we caught a bunch of them. But it's cheating over there, man. There's so many. It's like our speckled trout here.
3: Oh, yeah. It's crazy. See, coming. it's like when you guys are talking about, like, oh, I want to go, like, bait fishing. When you're talking about rattlesnake and all kinds of like all the little islands and stuff, I do not even know where the hell that's at.
2: (laughs) Buddy, let me tell you, buddy,
3: there wasn't any water this month in rattlesnake. Oh, it was pretty, it was, I went to South Bay to go look for some, some trout a while back and it was, couldn't even get, (laughs) I couldn't even get it past the, past the channels. It was, I looked in there and it was all, it was all dirt. I was like, damn,
1: it's been like that dude. It's been nasty out there. And so how many trips are you running a year?
3: Uh, my best season, I had 100, 173, 174 trips from January 1st to December 31st. Um, you know, it's just, it, that's just weather permitting. You know, there's, you know, uh, like June, when June, when snapper season opens up, it's, they always say Juneteenth is going to be windy. It's going to be rough, which is most of the time is true.
0: Back in the day when I worked for the Murphys, though they would always say like mid June is when it dies down.
3: It dies down, yeah.
0: And it was true, like second we would come in and it's like, Oh shit, the winds are gone. Yeah. And like season was, kicks off and everything. And it gets
3: good. Water starts rolling through, you know. That it, blue water pushes yeah. in, the, the warmer water starts getting closer. Yeah, it just gets good. Um but that time of the year, you know, it's it's snapper season and most of the time instead of it instead of doing a twelve hour trip. I just tell them, hey, we're doing it we're gonna do a quick snapper trip. We're gonna go catch a snapper coming back home, just because a lot of people do come down here to come and fish. And if if I cancel on them, I've ruined their trip. Yeah,
1: yeah, they spent a lot of money. Yeah,
3: just, yeah. So they 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 come down here to fish. So so most of the time, I'll try to get them out there before and back to the dock before it's too before it gets too rough. Now, if it's too rough, then then I call it.
1: Yeah. And then you're the one that makes the call, not. N- not the uh owner of the company
3: no um it's 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 the it's the captain's captain's call um like on dj you know if, if dj's dj's out if he's going out there and and if it's too rough dj's hey man, you know i'm going home i I don't, I don't i don't i don't need to take i don't need to take this trip you know i don't want to lose my captain if i hurt if i hurt somebody that's on me you know i'm the captain of the vessel i should have made the call so that's that's a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, the comp- the, the boss is going to get mad at me if I if I turn around." No, no, it's you're the captain. You make the call. You come back home. Just like when I was in the oil field, my deckhand is like, "No, it's too rough. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to touch anything." So, so he calls it no work. You know, I'm done. I can't I can't force him to to work. So I will go back to the dock.
5: Safety first. Yep. Make sure you wear your
1: PPE.
2: my boat when my boss is on the boat i gotta go even if it's five seven foot but it's okay yeah the regulator got it the regulator handles it very well it it really does dude honestly like i'm really impressed with that
5: boat well it's only like what three hundred thousand dollars or how much no no
3: it's more
2: plus one One point mil one One
5: mil one one point three wow that's how much you said better on the fucking like go on top of the water, can, bro.
2: That's how much you said on the internet. I uh, my boss didn't tell me. I had to look that up myself. They said they were going for
3: one three brand new. Damn that that boat that boat looks uh really pretty sitting on that boat lift. Yeah, right, right. Just, it year. just sits there, bro. Oh my <laughs> god,
2: that's what...
0: many many videos, stories, just people taking of you know, the boat on the lift. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> where the Y go? Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's funny, man. But uh but yeah, no, it's uh have you ever got have you guys gone to Tom and Jerry's and and taken your y'all's fish there?
1: That's actually one of the places we go. Yeah, yeah to do yeah, our catch and cook. Yeah,
3: they had they they're yeah, they do they do really good. Um you know, their fish in Charlotte's are really good just like nauticals, like I mentioned earlier, nautical they th- those are my two favorite places to go and eat. Uh I, I can't get enough of it, you know with a little bit of fish that the people give me, I'm like, Oh man, which, who do I pick? Who do I pick? So I'll either go to nautical or, I'll ta- or, or if I, if they gave me four fish or three fish, I'll take three, three flakes to nautical. And then the next day I'll take three fish to Tom and Jerry's. The Tom and Jerry's. Yeah. Just, you know, it is, I can't get enough of those two places, you know, who There's, has the
0: best enchiladas.
3: They're, it's hard to say because they're, they're both very, very different. There's, they're both very different types of food.
0: Green salsa, red salsa. What we looking
3: at. They're so Tom and Jerry's like a creamy. They're 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 just both very very different. Um, I can't I can't say. It's just well, two who, different styles. Yeah, it's two different styles, and yeah. it's 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 it's, it's, them, huh? it's 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 hard it's hard to actually say who's who's is better. I haven't know? tried either.
0: Um, I tried Sea Ranch, and they're up in in the ranks for me. And yeah. for me to rank someone in the ranks, like, it's good. Yeah. you Like, I haven't tried any other ones, but... Yeah, you, big, got,
3: you got you to try it. You, yeah. you just, it's a must. It's it's definitely a must. They have...
0: Nautico has a good food. We are huge fans.
1: Yeah, we've never done the catch and cook for with Nautico. It, it's usually just um, Tom and Jerry's for the yeah. most part. Um, every once in a while, it was Viva. They would do it for us. Oh, yeah, Viva, yeah. Um, but... Um, and it was called what was it called back then?
3: Uh, the painted marlin. Painted yeah, marlin. Painted marlin. When, when, it was painted marlin. Yeah,
1: that that's when they would do it for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but dude, every Sunday during the summer, and you'll have to join us. I mean, if you're off and whatnot, we we all we're always out there for Sunday funding. Um, but we do brunch, dude, and like it gets wild in there sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and um, the owners like God bless them because they put up with us, dude. And it got to the point to where they would actually save us a section. You know, I mean, they had people waiting.
3: where is this at a nautical yeah yeah
1: Yeah. they had people waiting in line you know what i mean but they knew that we were going to be there at a certain certain time time. yeah because it was it was ritual and so they our table was ready and we'd show up and right away they knew they'd bring us those um mimosas yeah (laughs) the mimosas dude and like (laughs) they're real good bro super good (laughs) really good everything there was good we i i highly recommend that restaurant you know what i mean like if you're um on the island it's off the main strip um, you don't have to drive down way down the island to to get to a nice restaurant. You know what I mean? It's like right off the bridge, you know, you drive uh maybe may, it's, yeah.
3: it's between it's between uh McDonald's and uh CVS, CVS yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's
1: before you even get to like the, the entertainment district,
0: you yeah. know what I mean? So it's it, on it's, the
3: left hand side. That's a... Uh, Hidden Gem, honestly. It it really is, yeah. Uh, it's uh you know, it when like like I said, you know, everything that I've had there is really good.
1: Bro, their brunch burger. Oh, yeah. I mean? the- oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> a, good, that's, that's really, a good one. I, I I swear to God, I must have gotten it at least 15 times this summer. Each each time I was in there, I'd get it, you know, and it's, the, like I said, it's... It's not also um, just like lunch. You know what I mean? They have a brunch. Brunch, you know I mean? yes, so you, on the weekends. Yeah, and it's people don't know that. Yeah, you know what I mean they have no idea. They they think it's just a lunch place, so they they don't think it's open until later on in the afternoon. But um, they're if they're you okay? actually, yeah, give it a shot, you'd be very Excellent surprised. Service. Yeah, you'd be very surprised on what they, great service. what they have to offer. Yeah, and then of course, you know, Tom and Jerry's, you, you never go wrong at Tom and Jerry's oh, at yeah. night with their burgers, bro.
3: Oh, uh, their chicken fried chicken is the best. There, I, I, literally in the summertime, I'm probably at Nautical and at Tom and Jerry's every night.
1: Yeah,
0: well, yeah. I mean, Tom Every and Jerry's night. is a vibe I was, itself. I dude. was about to say, at the uh, if you want to catch all your local people, go ahead and go to Tom and Jerry's from the hours of two to six <laughs> at <laughs> the bar at the back yeah. corner. <laughs>
3: it's yeah, Tom and Jerry's is is good. I I love I love going there. You know, they have the bar, especially during football season or or baseball. You know, it's 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 not a sports bar. It's uh, it's actually just a restaurant. It's but a they restaurant. Have, yeah. They have so many TVs there that. They, they show all the games, you know, even if there's nothing going on, they, and it's soccer, they're showing the soccer games, you yeah. know, or basketball or something. They're always, there's always something going on there, and I, and, you know, uh, Cody Pace is the owner, well, uh, the the son of the owners. Um, he's, he's, he's took over two or three years ago, and, and, and he's doing very well there. He's actually a really good friend of mine, and, uh, you know, a lot of times, like I get a lot of fish. I'm just like, I just go and take it to the to Tom and Jerry's crew, uh, uh, staff. The here. cooks keep yeah, keep yeah. the fish. Cook like the I don't want it. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, their cook, you know, his name's Davil. I I just walk into the back door. And like here you go. Here's some fish. And he's like, what the like? Where the hell did you come from? And I was like, just take the fish. Just take the fish. I don't <laughs> want it. So you didn't see me here. Yeah. And then and then my my you know my my buddy would text me, hey hey fucker, you didn't give me no you didn't give me the fish. He's like, bro, like. <laughs> I didn't see you. <laughs> and, and
1: what's cool about that place, dude, is like the bar is in the center and it's elevated, right? So yeah. whenever you go, it's always like an uplifting vibe. You know, you're never going to go out there and it's going to be dead and boring. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's always like it's entertaining. It's always
3: it's always entertaining. Uh especially when when all of our friends are there, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it gets pretty Pretty wild. Pretty wild there. I sometimes I think I've only
5: been there like once, dude. But I mean, the, by the way, you're you're, you're locals <laughs> only. Yeah, yeah, Like I feel like if I'm gonna walk in there, everyone's gonna be staring at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, this is our <laughs> no, bar, dude. Yeah.
1: It's 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 super packed. Yeah, like, especially during yeah. the summertime, it's hella packed. I mean, I've been going to that place since I could remember. Like literally since I was six seven years old with my dad and my mom like we'd go out there f- you know every once in a while for dinner and, and we would always go for the burgers you know what i mean that's what we a were, friend of
5: mine was telling me dude like you want a batter <sighs> burger at the island go to tommy Tom jerry's so maybe this summer let's get a and fish fry you can't but go hey, wrong Jay, what's the, the name of the other restaurant that you guys been going lately a lot too the one with a big screen. viva
0: las vegas yeah no.
3: viva's good yeah I, I I don't
0: mean, you know, the there. one with a big Oh, Scream. the Kraken. The oh,
5: they're cracking, yeah. Oh. That that's I like that one. place, man. I like it. They got good specials, buddy.
1: Hey, and uh both nautical and Tom and Jerry's do catch and cook, right?
3: Yeah, the, uh Tom and Jerry's and Nautical do your catch and cook. So if you guys are on South Padre Island, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a place to take your your catch and, and give them a shot. You know, they're they're actually really, really good and it's, both places are actually my favorite places to go and uh
1: And like I said, that's I mean dude nautico is our i mean our brunch spot and um, tom and jerry's is who cooks our fish and what's cool is it doesn't matter what it is you know if you go offshore fishing and you bring back some mahi and some snapper they'll cook that if you're in the bay and you catch some trout and some redfish and that occasional snook and you keep that snook they'll cook that for you you know what i mean they're not
5: they're not limited
1: yeah they're not limited to any of Uh, to anything really you know what i mean i mean i'm sure even if you bring them squid they'll make it happen for you they'll make something yeah they'll they'll make it happen for you you know what i mean so um, both those restaurants give them a shot um they are a supporter of mark and and the fishing that mark does as well so you know if you support them you're supporting mark as well but um you know on that boat mark are all these boats equipped with like a certain brand? Is there a certain brand of equipment that you specifically stick to, like in terms of reels or rods?
3: Yeah, there's a uh, you know like uh, like Michael Walker. He's he uses a Shimano, uh, and and you know that's that's who he represents. Um, me myself, I'm sponsored by Pure Fishing, you know, pin fishing, and all my gear on all three boats are all. Pretty much, uh, pin Pen. yeah pin reels. That's pretty cool, man. Um, they're they're actually great reels. I enjoy them. You know, uh, from their pin fathom thirties to, you know, to their international fifties, eighties. You know, that's uh, the gear we use. You know, especially if we're gonna go blue marlin fishing. I'm using fifties and eighties, uh, just because I know I'm I'm, I'm chasing a big fish and I don't want to get spooled out with a a little thirty wide or 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 something smaller you know yeah um just because i'm on a single engine uh, vessel it's kind of it, it definitely makes it hard for me to back down on a fish compared to if you have two motors you could back down on a fish and, and gain all that line back when when that fish is running so mm-hmm. so yeah uh, pin fishing is actually my sponsor um i represent them and i i love their gear they're they're amazing to me danny wince is you know, I talked to him quite a bit. Uh TJ Boom actually reached out to me one day and was like, Hey, you know, I would like to get you on this uh peer fishing team with us, uh the the pro staff. And and I kinda thought he was joking. And uh when I ran into Danny Wentz and, and Sir Taco, uh may he rest in peace. You know, he passed away during COVID. Um, he uh Sir Taco brought me on and 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 I've been on with pin, with pin fishing for 5 years now and it's uh those reels are just something that I really really enjoy I've I've always used them since I was a kid and I've always tried to get on with them uh so so being part of the pier fishing family is actually like a big big thing for me
1: yeah it <clears throat> yeah for me it uh I I it'd be a dream you know to be sponsored by Penn the reason i say this because it's it's something i've seen my whole life in in the garage dude. i mean literally
5: dude my I, whole life you did i seen send that, you a picture that i have about uh, all my pants or no bro you 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 i um, gave you one man. yeah you gave me
2: one yeah. um well dude like when you're offshore fishing like when you're th- when you're thinking about buying like a 30 wide or a, a 50 wide you're thinking Penn or you're yeah. thinking you know. There's not really many other
3: brands out there. There's
2: Shimano, but
3: I mean, like the, the, mainly the, Penn International. Yeah, the the two big names are are uh, Shimano and, yeah, and Pen. And you know, they they're, they compete with each other. Um, there's also there's there's the Avits. You know, the Avits. Um, yeah, and and
1: honestly, I Pen and, and Shimano is what I use. I, sh- I use Shimano for uh, inshore my bay fishing and i use my pens for surf, fishing. surf yeah. yeah you know what i mean like the spin fishers and and i i love using small reels so like on the surf i use a 2500 reel and you know they take a beating bro yeah. you know like it's you're working the lure you know rough through those waves the same way that reels getting beat up you know what i mean it's it's a one for one and they they hold up to what they're made for is you know this salt water that we have and um, if you don't know, our bay system and our, our water here is one of the saltiest ones in the world.
3: Yeah, South South Bay is the saltiest bay system that that's that's here. The hypersaline. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard about the the whole SpaceX trying to dump water, dump their water yeah. into into the South Bay system. It's gonna, if it, you know, if, if SpaceX does do that, it's it's gonna ruin the South Bay. You know, it's. Uh, they, I, don't, I don't think it, they should allow it, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, if, if they do allow it, that's going to be a lot of fresh water coming into Freshwater, that. Fresh water, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's and, what and people don't water. understand,
1: you know what I mean? When you have so much salt and, and these fish are used to living in this type of salt, you know what I mean? Then you pump it in with fresh water. It, it can create some different kind of uh, situation there.
3: Yeah, they're talking about 200,000 200, uh, gallons a day. A day, right? A day. So, it's gonna turn into so, a lake. So that's 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 pretty much you know that it's it's gonna turn it into brackish water, mm-hmm. and and it's, it's a it's something that we don't need. You know, it's uh it it'll probably ruin the bay fish in in that area.
1: In that area. And because it's it's not like the river, you know what I mean? It's freshwater. These fish are constantly adapting to that you know as they go upstream you know yeah. because you can't find redfish upstream oh yeah you know what i mean but this is fresh water that's being pumped into the bay system um and I, we don't know the temperature that it's at we don't know yeah. you know what i mean like it's not like it's just streaming i mean flowing wa- freely flowing just, yeah. water yeah it's it's actually yeah. pumped up by machines
3: exactly yeah it was it, i know it was brought up a while back maybe a month and a half ago everybody was talking about it and how how it it would affect the South Bay area, and uh, you know they were actually doing a petition on on signing it, and you know hopefully it didn't go through or whatever. Uh, you know that's that's a big deal, you know for for South Bay area. I think their other option is to go into the river, right? No, well, well right now what they're doing they're hauling the they're, they're hauling the water out on on trucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's. Might as well keep doing that. Why would you want to ruin the bay system? It's
5: getting expensive. <laughs> yeah, <Hey>,
3: it is. <laughs> They're
2: ruining the roads, man. Highway 4 is terrible. The lines. <laughs> the lines not bad. No, that's another story.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, but um, I know right now you you guys were talking about the South Bay being you know, one of the saltiest uh, areas down here. And I also uh, heard one of you all saying that the Gulf here is actually one of the roughest waters.
2: Yeah, it's one of the roughest waters in the nation. I, I don't know if it's in the world, it, but well, it's, it's definitely de- the it's, nation.
3: It's definitely, it's definitely one of the roughest. It's, it's the roughest roughest in the Gulf Coast. Oh, in the Gulf Coast, yeah. And the Gulf Coast is the roughest. It's, well, I, it's, Lake
2: Michigan can get pretty rough too, actually. Yeah, well, that's the Michigan, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah we're in South Padre Island. <laughs> you're right. You're
3: right. So but yeah, like down here, you know, they you know, like like earlier, what I was saying, you know, I, the most trips I had in one year was 176 trips or 172 or something like that. Um, and I think, I think everybody's numbers were were that 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 high during during that time. I had that that good year. Um, so the, all those trips were because you had great conditions? Yeah, we had great conditions. It was really nice. Uh, fishing was really good. You know, they didn't close amberjack season down, so we were able to catch amberjack for a month. And then they, they reopened snapper season there in October, and uh, or it was like September or October or something. I think it was September, in October. And it was a 25-day season, or 24-day season, and we were able to fish every day during that time. And, and when we booked, when when they opened it up, we were doing 12 hour trips, 14 hour trips, because those are the people that were, they're, they they did not have the kids, you know, the they're, the kids are in school, so they did a little vacation, and, and most of them, most of the people that booked at that, that, that time of the year was, they were from the valley, they were from here. Oh. And, and so while the kids are at school,
5: they were coming. They were coming fishing,
3: yeah. you know, and they they got they got free time. They came and the thing is that you were catching your amberjack, you're catching your red snapper, your wahoo, your tuna. So so at the end, at the end of the day, you're walking away with 2 200 300 pounds of fish. Damn. That's yeah. That's a lot yeah. of fish.
0: Hey, hey but you mentioned that the like amberjack was open. Uh what be the reason why they'd be closing it?
3: They closed it down due to supposedly that they were overfished. And we don't have a lot of amberjack, which is I could definitely could take you please, please do. <laughs> yes. take, I guess. <laughs> I could I could I could definitely take you to a spot where and I'm sure Michael Walker could do this, Todd could do it, uh all your local yeah. Daniel, you know, all all the sport fishermen, you know, charter boat captains. I'm sure we call Jeff, you know. And this past
0: season y'all were close uh, to or?
3: Yeah, we we weren't even able to catch them uh, during during August Which and is September. You, oh, okay. You know, and that and, and that that put a that put a hurting on us. Uh, that's you know, snapper season closes and then amberjack season opens and it's like Correct. okay now now we have another season of fish. Yep. And and they shut it down. So
0: is that is this the first year they do this?
3: They did it the year before where we couldn't even fish during May. They open up in May and then they open up in August or sure. September, depending on the snapper season. They try not to overlap snapper season with amberjack season. Yeah,
0: when I used to work for the Murphys, I used to book and I don't recall them closing amberjack. The days for red snapper was outrageous sometimes, like you said yeah. earlier, like six days and all that stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, like it puts a hurting on you guys. But amberjack, I didn't know they even had a closing for it because it was, I guess, the lack the numbers were low.
3: Yeah, what they said that we over overfished them which is bs yeah it's a bunch of bs probably um, the mexicans <laughs> even, even with uh, hey man easy we're 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 mexican bro uh, <laughs> you know what i mean by that <laughs> no we're we're americans uh, um, but no pong- like but, but it comes down to like even with like uh you know i love i love bottom fishing for a grouper that's i i love fishing for a grouper and once they you know they they this past season they shut down gag grouper I, they shut it down on November nineteenth or the eighteenth, and I went out the next day, thinking they were going to close it on the twentieth or something like that. And I went out there, and we caught a really nice gag grouper; it was like thirty-five, forty pounds. And I checked as soon as that fish came into the into the boat. I was like, "Okay, we got we got to keep her fish." So I, for some reason, I was just like, I just had a gut feeling. So I sent three text messages out. I sent one to my boss, one to Todd Larry with the Real Madness Sport yes, Fishing, sir. and then I sent one to my girlfriend. Oh no, I sent four text, uh, four text messages. And I texted Jeff Harton, and I was like, and all, all four text messages was, can you check if gag season's still open?
1: See who could reply the quickest. Yeah,
3: see who could reply the quickest because I'm offshore. I'm, I'm 45 miles out or 40 miles or something like that, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to go off the little app that I have that, you know, it, it works out there and on the app that I had, it said it was closed. It closed the day before, but I wasn't 100% sure. So the first person that responded to me was Jeff and then my girlfriend and then Todd.
0: Is this yeah. like in the back to back? It was like it was
3: like seconds. It was happening, and no, they it closed the day before, so we released that fish. You know, we made sure it lived, and it, and it swam off. And I moved from that location. I'm like, okay, there's gag grouper here. I got to move from here, move to another spot, caught another one, Released that one. Typically, to- there when you yeah. say
0: move, they're there. You're looking at a good number of them.
3: Well, yeah. Um, normally, so normally they're they're. Uh, they're, they're 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 in pairs uh so g- grouper could go from a male to a female if the numbers are low a lot of people don't know that so if the numbers are low if there's a lot of males and no female they'll switch over to female which is pretty crazy i didn't believe that and i had to, you know
1: the shit happens in nature like legitimately oh, but
3: like in real life Yeah. but yeah. shit so I, I was, you know i was sitting there i was like yeah, i was like that's that is there's no way but i i i, uh, I had a few people like actually confirm that
1: damn that's crazy dude real i'm life. mind blown <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: but yeah so, so for them to close gag season on us gag grouper season on us it kind of it kind of it, it kind of hurts us because i think that they're in November, December. That's I I you know, or October October, November, December. I think those are the times that the gag group for is good. And yeah. they sh- and they shut it down every year that time. But this year I don't even think they're gonna I don't they still haven't even opened it back up. Um they're supposed to open back up in March, but I don't know if it's gonna open back up. So so that yeah, it, it affects In us.
0: reality if you ask like any other fishermen out there like if it's close, like they would say otherwise, like no, it's it's out, it's a good number, like because when I worked with the Murphys again, like all these information that came in was always like the dock people, you know, knowing their knowledge, and then like fishery coming in and asking you, telling you like, hey, like these are the reports, whatever. But like you know, it's never the report that's always right, right? But these fishermen that fish out there for years, you know, don't get to see what really they're saying.
2: Yeah. It's like the snapper, like being the keystone species out there. Like some of these wrecks, there's you just can't catch anything but a snapper. You know, you're just catching snapper after snapper after snapper. You know, there's a hundred of different species of fish that you can catch, but that's the federal government says there's no federal snapper.
3: Yeah, they shut they shut us down. You know, it's it's crazy. So back to your question, room. If 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 I would reach out to to another captain and ask that that same question you asked me if they could respond to, to okay, so they shut down gag grouper season and then all of a sudden everybody's catching gag grouper. You know, it's, it's like they know when to shut it down because it's already happening, you're catching gag grouper. Um, you know, you could ask Todd Larry. you know, he, he, he'll straight out tell you, I swear the gag grouper know when they, sh- when they close, when they shut gag grouper season down, start,
5: they start biting,
3: or start biting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They start biting. We start catching them and it's closed, you know, and we have to release them. Yeah. And half the time we don't even like, yeah, they swim off, you know, they're, they're 360 feet, 300 feet, 200 feet. And they swim, they, they take off, you know, they're fast, you know, they, they take off, but
4: yeah,
1: you don't see do, them after that. Do, do,
3: do, do they get eaten on the way down? The do a, well, does a shark eat it? Does a dolphin eat it? I mean never know who knows yeah you know it's it's.
5: so um going back to the you know the the gulf of mexico being one of the roughest you know uh, i guess uh waters in the what did you say dj and the what it's actually the gulf
2: coast i mean like because compared to like the atlantic ocean and the pacific ocean they get like 30 40 foot waves yeah it's and different. it's rare we get those but it's like the seconds apart that where it gets really rough like five seconds you know, the waves are so close together, you know, mm-hmm. out there in the Atlantic and the Pacific. They can be, you know, 10, 12 seconds apart, 10 footers. You're not really going to feel that because they're so I mean, you'll feel it. I'm not saying you won't, but they're they're so part, far yeah, apart. Part, yeah.
5: And I guess that my next question is like, so one hundred and seventy some trips, you know, that was a good year here in the in the South Padre Island. Um, how do you compare that number to like Florida some other areas like is is that number going to be way higher somewhere over there
3: Yeah definitely in Florida it's going to be a lot a lot higher just because it's it's calmer um you know a lot of people say oh no it's too rough to go it's too rough to go but uh, you know just like Daniel Daniel and I talked about uh, it's like man if we if, if we actually left South Padre Island and went to Florida we probably would be able to fish 220, 250 days a year Damn. Just because it's so calm. You know, the days you're not going to fish is when there's hurricanes or big storms. You're not going to go out there and, 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 and try to fish. Um, I've been out there, you know, 2013, I believe 2012, 2013. I actually went out there with Brian Barreta and, and one of our other buddies. And uh, <clears throat> my neighbors, They well, not my neighbors, but my my old boss, you know, he, he was like, hey, you guys attempting to fish tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I'm going. He's like, oh, it's it's calling for two and a half foot. Oh, okay. Well, I fish in four foot back at home every day. Two foot's nothing. Two and a half foot's nothing. Well, it's six seconds apart. Okay, that's fine. And I went out there, you know, and and we caught fish. We came back in, and everybody's just looking at us like, you guys crazy or what? It was, you know, I we fish in four foot down here almost every day, just be you know we have to go. You know, if yeah three seconds yeah, it just really depends you know if now it's now if it's four foot at four seconds five seconds it's like oh, okay yeah we're not doing this it's it's going to be a washer machine out there we don't want to get beat up so yeah and in florida yeah you're definitely going to get more trips out of florida or maybe at like alabama and venice and all that you know they, they get a lot more trips out of out of there than than south Padre island that's for sure
2: yeah but they, they also have a bunch of rigs that are right off the coast as well right so they're um, off the coast of Louisiana, I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, out of Venice. Out of Venice, you, you get a bunch of, there's a bunch of rigs out there, you know, Alabama and all that right there, all that little area, you know, well, not a little area, but, you know, it, it it gets deep real quick there, too. You go three miles, four miles sometimes, you know, and you're, you're in some deep, deep water. Deep
1: water. Uh, but even from, like, port, coming out of Port Mansfield, the rigs are a lot closer up there, right?
3: So out of Port Mansfield, those are, those are up. You know they they're they're shut down now. They're they're not production or nothing no more. I believe um, those they're, they're a little closer, but you know those are those are only like 15, 16, 20 miles out. You know they're not. You're not going to sit out there and actually uh, catch your yellow fin off of those.
5: So <clears throat> I guess that's also why sometimes when you have those great conditions, you see those bay boats. You know going out to. To these rigs, you know, and fish also, right?
2: The 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 island rigs, yeah. You see those? That's it's like a what do they say? Like a mosquito light, you know? It uh, it tracks all the all the all the bay boats. Yeah. So yeah. like
1: bay boats that go out there, um, that are captains, right? Um, that's federal water.
2: Yeah, federal federally water permitted yeah. water boats. Yeah. Then that's what Mark is.
1: That's what he rides, right? But a lot of these bay boats, I mean, because how many people on the island are actually federally, there's not that many, right?
3: No, there's, there's not that many boats that are federal water permitted. Um, I think it's like, what, like seven, maybe? So there's, there is, uh, so George Brown. Mm-hmm. He Dr- just got one, right? Yeah, he has his permits. Yeah, he has his permits. Um, Jeff Harton, you know, myself, Daniel Cole. Uh, salt walker uh, todd uh the chachi you know um there's not very many of us besides you know the, the three head boats you know they have the, they have their federal water permits but there's less than 10 people down here that actually have federal water permits um so back to what you guys are saying you know uh
1: well and it go it actually goes back to with dj right you know we constantly are having people like hey uh, you know can I go out with you guys and Dj you know I'll pay you 100 bucks or I'll pay <laughs> you 150 bucks per per person and it's like dude we're we're in federal waters you know what I mean there's the, the one Dj will lose his license you know what I mean two we we all get tickets you know what I mean like
0: so we uh, direct them to the hB market you know yeah, twenty four twenty four ninety nine.
1: we actually you know the, you're you're one of the names that is thrown out there you know what yeah. I mean? like this is the people that you because like again you are you have the legal licenses to yeah. be out in those water and catch those kind of fish
3: yeah exa- I didn't know that shit, yeah yeah exactly there's a lot of people that go out there that think the rigs are state water which what's, is what's not.
5: the distance for the state water
3: because so from land nine miles out okay and okay. It, it's not just for it's not the tip of the jetties no. it's for
5: the, it's actually the, the, the surf
3: where high tide meets yeah so you want to explain that federal permit, exactly what it means a little bit more? So the federal water permit is something that, you know, back in the day, you could buy them for five, six grand. Now, if you want to buy one, they're, they're five thousand $45,000 and they're, and they're just getting more and more expensive. Um, so with the federal water permit that allows us to go and catch our, our red snapper, our vermilion snapper our lane snapper, our grouper, anything to do with reef, uh, reef fishing, like our amberjack. Uh, that's why, you know, that's when, with us having those permits, it allows us to catch those. Um, just like, well, you, I think you mentioned earlier about the, the pelagic, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're paying somebody to go out to federal water and you catch a kingfish or a cobia and you don't have that pelagics, the pelagic term, uh, permit you're not allowed to keep those fish.
2: So these permits are only for chartered vessels.
3: Yes, chartered vessels, uh, like private charters or uh like like the head boats.
1: And why are they? why is there only very few people that have
3: them? Are they hard to get? they
5: they're, they're $42,000, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one reason. <laughs> that's probably number 1.
3: You could fi- you could find them, but it's they it's an it, it's Yeah,
0: back in the day, I remember the Murphys signing big big checks for like to get them Yeah, when they were making transitions back in the day, when Mona was moving around, uh, buying new numbers and stuff like it's a big, big
1: bucket, dude. And I actually had a customer come. It was a Tesla, white little Tesla, right? Um, and the license plate said "Fish" to quote or "Fish." Fish IQF. Fish IQF, right? And so you know what that
2: is the IFQ. Um, IFQ, there you go. IFQ, Sorry.
1: Fish IFQ, yeah. And I was like, hey, DJ, do you happen to know this man? And um, he's like, yeah, I think, uh, or he's he's the one that owns the quotas,
2: right? Yeah, he owns he, the so the Destiny boat. You know oh, you're talking about um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
3: don't have to. Yeah, you could. You don't have to say his name. <laughs> yeah, no. So he actually owns all the IFQ um, in Texas. Uh, no, do He he owns a lot in the Gulf. In the Gulf. a lot. Okay. It's uh, it's uh, Craig Re- Craig Reader. He 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 has a, actually his seafood. He used to have it down here pete mccarty bro no the test no no well pete mccarty is the guy that he saw, he saw. oh that I oh, saw. oh that you saw but the one that owns all the if the ifq Craig uh craig reader, craig reader oh, okay. correct he, you're right he owned he owns he so he used to have a. Uh, uh there was a uh kingfisher out of port isabel right right there next to a uh, quick stop and he gas you go okay. down you know you go down that street right there it was it was literally right there his his building was right there um And he had a bunch of, uh, you know, he had his, his commercial boats down here. Well, they made, uh, so then he ended up moving to Galveston and he has actually a fish market up there. And that's, yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but that's where all the fish go. Uh, There's a fish market up there. It's actually pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So I don't know if you remember Fat Boy and Paul Hopper yeah I remember Bob yeah. Hopper for sure, he was my first captain actually on a headboat, yeah so that so he was running he was he was running those boats for eight ten years wait you're talking about Katie's, yeah Katie's there you go. oh oh th- yeah, yeah, yeah that's, so that's Craig reader, so all his seafood goes there. I didn't know that yeah all the, all that seafood all the everything everything goes to Katie's, yeah, oh.
1: And so, like these quotas are basically the amount of fish that you're able to catch.
3: Yeah. So pretty much. So say pretty much. um, This is commercial fishing. Yeah. This is commercial. Separate from 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 charter. Yeah. For recreational charter boats. So this guy, he has. So so say, I bought a a commercial, commercial boat, and I wanted to do this. He would sell me say five to ten thousand pounds of snapper at five dollars a pound or six dollars a pound. So then I turn around and sell the fish for $9 a pound, $10 a pound. And then the restaurant turns around and sells it for 32 There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's the way it works. That's yeah. the way the industry works. And that, yeah. that's how everybody makes their money. You know, you got to pay for your fuel. You got to pay for your debt, your, your, your workers, you know. Yeah. Your,
0: Destiny would come in with about 3,200 pounds of red snapper and sea ranch would take it all.
3: Yeah. Damn.
0: It's a, a whole, what? Three two days haul, yeah. and so they get the fish and just freeze it up.
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. You just load the deck full of fish. You should see some of the pictures that like Patrick Murphy has. They're just like they're sitting on fish, gutting them, stacking them, I- icing them, stacking them, and and whatnot. Adam uh, Ambris actually did a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I was able to fortunate enough to see it. It's uh, it's pretty unique. It's one of a kind because it has his own ice box. It you know creates his own ice uh you're packing fish, and literally it's the whole wake up the I went out once and uh literally you're driving out, get there early and fishing all morning, heat a quick lunch, and you're hauling i mean I'm talking about long lining hundreds and hundreds of snapper like it's just constant 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 squid, 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 and you're looking about every what three four inches a hook, maybe a little more six yeah, a little inches. bit more yeah about,
3: about eight ten inches. You know, it's a... It's
0: back-to-back, and it's just... I mean, it's crazy, because they go out for, what, two days, come back in? No more than two days. It's a quick haul, and everything's straight to the local... um, Fisheries. Yeah, which is mainly... uh, uh, At the time, Destiny had a contract with Sea Ranch, and all of it was straight to them. And mainly, I don't think they ever froze anything, to be honest with you. Uh, Everything sold there so quickly, like, in and out, like, in weeks or whatever you want to call it.
1: Dude, so... I mean, back to a little bit of fishing and whatnot. Um, you know, Penn sponsors all those boats, right? I mean, all your boats.
3: Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, we're sponsored by by them. I've been sp- sponsored by them for five years now. Um, so pretty much, that's all we use is our our, our Penn reels. Uh, they're great. They, you know, I haven't had any problems with them, and and there's no reason for me to try to jump on with anybody else just because they're so good yeah um and they and they treat me right
1: and and on average i mean what how many reels are you running per boat
3: so the boat i run the misdirected uh like i said earlier you know depending on on how long of a trip i'm on like uh, ruben was asking me earlier like how many lines do i use um depending on your trip you know if you're doing a six if, if we're on a six hour trip i'm running five lines if I'm on an eight hour trip, five lines. Ten hour trip, five lines.
1: Oh, okay. But but like rods in general, like how many do you have stacked in the boat ready to go for
3: So I have I have five trolling rods. Okay. And then I have five snapper rods. Okay. And then I have three pitch bait rods, which is my spinning reels, mm-hmm. just in case of a Cobia or or a big Dorado comes up. Yeah. While while we're snapper fishing, oh. I have I have two rods ready, ready just in go. case. Yeah. yeah. So so most of the time there there is 11 12 12 reels on, on on the boat ready to go at all times it's on for like what I want to do at the moment so yeah. if I want to troll I got five five rods ready to go
1: yeah and it, i mean anybody that fishes and hunts knows exactly how expensive the sport can be um, especially if you do it for a living like you do you know what i mean Yeah. Like when <clears throat> you yourself could take care of your gear perfectly right but when other people are are in the hand or when it's in the hands of other people that's when it can you know get damaged and um, yeah. things happen or whatnot even i'm sure even, water. Yeah, i'm sure you've even had reels lost that you're like god damn you know yeah. what i mean like but um is there you know other companies that that help you you know like right now i'm working on a boot company to, to sponsor you know the book crew um just because it's uh we're out on the ranch a lot and they they make waterproof boots and i was like hey we can get you some content with um these boots offshore and and some fishing pictures and they they bought that you know what i mean they like that and so um they've been meeting with me and uh it's something that you know we're going to go forward with but uh is there other companies that you know work with you or so
3: so so it's not just pin fishing it's it's the it's the pure is pure fishing p-u-r-e um they uh they're actually, it's not just pin. There's, there's Berkeley. There's, uh, there's, there's ugly stick. There is, uh, Finnor. Um, uh, you have your quantums, you, it, you know, it's, it's there. There's a lot of companies in the pure fishing besides Shimano. Shimano is not part of the pure fishing team. Okay. Um, just like, at, uh, the A-Bits, they're they're, they're not part of the pure fishing team either. So, so yeah, there, there, there definitely is other companies that i use you know with with the pier fishing you know i'll 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 buy my 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 mono or my my uh my braid or some lures like like i I got picked well we got picked up by uh uh rapala you know so 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 we use the rapalas um but i won't i won't try to go and buy a shimano reel because I would, uh, I don't want to lose my relationship. My relationship with yeah. with pure fishing, and and just because they've been so good to me in the past couple of years, you know, uh, five years, they've been real good to me. So and their products work, and everything's good. Yeah, yeah, their product works, and everything's good. So like, so when it comes down to like, uh, <clears throat> like like clothing wise, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I was gonna say, I see you got a nice
2: cool shirt
3: there that I've been eyeballing for the past. Two uh, hours, three hours. Yeah, this uh, this is actually my girlfriend's uh, uh, <laughs> little, <laughs> little little boutique. You know, it's uh, for women and uh, for men. You know, it's 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 called the uh, Isla Enrica out of South Padre Island. Um, they opened up in 1987, and, wow. they, and and they've been going strong. I'm sure if you go if you guys go out to Tom and Jerry's or Nautical or anywhere on the island, I, I guarantee it you're gonna see four or five. Six people with with the nine five six nine seven or or local or or Isla shirt or something like that. So um,
1: the the shirts that say Isla that's that's her. That,
3: that's 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 my girlfriend's store. Yeah. So,
1: so you know what I thought was super cool, man. Um, I was like, I, w- I walked into Salt Life in Port Isabel, right? And I was like, you know what's fucking badass that this local brand, you know this Isla brand, has way more inventory and product. Than Salt Life did themselves. Yeah, I mean, and like for Buckhook itself, like that's one of our goals is to be in a bunch of these stores that are local. Yeah, um, and big stores, obviously, right? But um I literally thought about that. I was there. I think it was a week and a half ago, man. We went to go, or two weeks, right? Scuba, you and I, we went out there to go see what was going on. I think so. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. On Sunday. But yeah, I mean, I was like, I was impressed. I was like, man, dude, you look around and there's a bunch of it, you know? Yeah, I mean?
3: they, they, uh, yeah, she, she, you know, right now she's actually in market. She's, she's actually doing her, uh, her, uh, she's doing a market for, for this season coming up. You know, it's, uh, she, I, I, I believe they open back up on, on March 1st. Uh, so she's out there in Vegas right now doing shopping and coming up with new designs. Um. But yeah, everything, you know, the t-shirts that are made, they're, 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 they're actually made local, um, here on the Island. Uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, but when it started till now, it's, you know, I, I've seen people with shirts from, from the eighties, they pull them out and it's like, and, and she'll be like, holy, holy crap. That's, that's from like 89, 90. And
1: she started it or her family? Her
3: family started it. Yeah. So
1: she's just innovating and
3: yeah, continuing. Yeah. She's running it now. She's. She's, she's actually doing it really good. And it's, uh, you know, there, there's guys closing in there. Um, not a lot because there's a lot more women that go in there for sure, mm-hmm. but there are guys, guys closing in their sandals, visors, these shirts, you know, I, every day I'm wearing one of these shirts, you know, um, walk up to Tom and Jerry, like I said, you're going to see the 10, island time ten, 10 people in there with the, with the Isla shirt in there. Yeah. So like, uh, Laguna Madre Clothing Co. And Los Pescadores de Texas. Uh, they both sponsor me with, with, you know, with their shirts and, and sweaters and stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, those are the people I work with and they, they, they don't mind me using different shirts. Of course not. You know, um, like, like earlier when you were asking if I use Shimano or, or some, some other different reels. No, I, they, they, we all work together. Um, you know, small businesses help small businesses, you know, that's, that's just the way I see it. And I. I hope everybody sees it that way.
1: Yeah, and not only that. I mean, the amount of people that you see—if you're wearing a running 170 something trips a year, right? You know what I mean? That's that's 170 something people times whatever people. I mean, trips. On board. Times, yeah, yeah, exactly. That see that brand. That see that you know that shirt or that, and they're like, "Where'd you get that from?" Or we'll yeah. see the name itself, Google it, and right away, like, "Fuck, there's a company out here," you know, doing local art and putting it on the shirts
3: yeah yeah so so these these designs on on isla um my girlfriend's uh my girlfriend's uh mom actually designs them and then now it's come down to her where my girlfriend's actually doing all the designs and and coming up with the little scenes in the back of the shirt and, and on every shirt that's made there's a saying in the back in the of the back. shirt yeah. yeah so um if you guys ever come down to South Padre, I go go check out Eastland rica It's it's actually a pretty cool little boutique. Boutique, you know, it's actually really nice.
1: That's what's up, man. So yeah, I mean, like you said, do they have a social media?
3: Yeah, they have a social media. It's on Instagram. It's uh, Eastland Rika.
1: Yeah, so look them up and uh, check out what they have to offer. Um, but let's get back to fishing, dude. Um, you know, you've you've informed us a lot on on what you do out there. Um, do you have any stories that you you want to tell us?
3: Yeah, there's been some, you know, there, you know, there's there's not a lot of stories out there when during a charter, you know, there there are some, you know, we we you know hook up to a 66 pound wahoo on a on a super tiny rod, and we're like, what is this fish? And it comes out to be a big wahoo, you know, um, you know, there's 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 been a couple, you know, coming back from Florida with a couple of my friends, um, and that's something I would rather talk to talk to you guys about when he's here okay because that story just makes it a lot better with him here and and it was so much fun coming across from from florida home uh so we'll save that story for later but there's there is there is one where last september when i'm out there uh it was me daniel cole bruno uh uh who else tyler francis oh no bruno wasn't on there it was it was travis tyler and Aaron Phillips were all out there were sword fishing <laughs> and the week before they went out and caught a swordfish I was out there that same day and I didn't catch nothing I was bummed out so then I went they invited me the next time and we went out there and we were about 12 1300 feet dropped the drop the bait sent it down there and at at 1200 feet 1300 feet when you see that big big hit it's not a big hit like everybody thinks it's gonna be you know a swordfish hit it, you think it's gonna be a massive massive hit it it looks like a piggy perch bite it's just a little bounce boom it's like oh that's a bite and you start reeling so when i saw that i started reeling and i hooked this fish and at this time i don't even know what it is We're, you're 12 1300 feet of water you know and and i'm fighting this fish and i'm fighting and fighting and fighting and, I'm like, okay, I got him to the boat in 30 minutes. Never saw the fish, and dove back down. And
1: it hit the bait up on the surface and dove.
3: No, I hit on, it hit on bottom, and I got it 30, 30, 40 feet from the from the boat, and it dove back down. And it happened like five or six times, up and down, up and down, up and down. And and Daniel Cole goes, Mark, you're going into four and a half hours and fighting this fish. Oh shit! Damn. I was like, yeah, man, like, why isn't this fish giving up? What the hell is it? Is it a big shark? What like I have no idea what it is. I haven't seen the fish. And he goes, You're five hours in. I was like, man, I'm 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 gonna give up. You know, that's a long fight. Fuck yeah. And five hours and 45 minutes into it, I'm cramping up. I'm hurting. And I looked at I looked at Tyler Francis. I was like, hey man, I need my spinach. And he was like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, give me a beer i chugged the beer and 10 minutes later the like, band give me another beer yeah. so he gave me oh, another shit. beer i was like bring me another one so i drank three during you know the last you know when i was fighting it and i i just tightened down that drag tightened it down and i just started started cranking cranking i was if it pops it pops you know i'm already tired i can't i can't feel like, i can't feel my arms my back hurts. My legs hurt. I'm shaking. Like my whole entire, yeah, entire yeah. body's shaking. Six hours into it, you know, this fish comes up. And I hooked it at 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. And I got this fish in at like 8 o'clock. Damn. Got him up to the boat. We gaffed him. Six hours. Yeah, I, got him, I got, we got him to the boat. They stuck him with the flying gaff. Got a couple of gaffs in them, tail wrapped them. We got him on the boat. I, I couldn't even get out of the fighting chair. I was so worn out that I couldn't even walk.
1: Dude, I, I, I believe it, man, because we caught some mahi in Mexico, and same thing. Like, you get so into it, and you're constantly fighting it that, like, once After you're done, you, you're kind of, like, stuck, bro. You're kind of, like, <laughs> literally stuck, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, your your hands are kind of, like, cramped up. Your elbows are cramped up. Your knees are cramped up. Your back is cramped up, and you're just, like, slowly trying to, like, stretch Yeah. out.
5: Dude, this past year with a fucking kingfish, dude, it was like a three-minute fight, dude, and I was almost like cramping out. Imagine <laughs> fucking six hours. Dude. Yeah, I, really was like, I was like, oh, shit.
2: Yeah, for Mark five and a half hours to finally cramp up, that surprised me because I was cramping up in 45 minutes on my fight, and I threw up in the bucket probably at two hours, so <laughs> <laughs> my My impressive. camarada,
5: Tavo, he'll, the one that goes to that trip the over there in, in Puerto Vallarta, he fought that tuna for like three and a half hours and he had to pass it, you know, because, you know, it was already like a long time. I can't imagine freaking six hours.
3: So so, so the reason why I fought it for six hours, I didn't hook him in his mouth. Oh, shoot. I hooked him on his dorsal fin. So it was like a yo-yo coming up and down. It was never head first or tail first. It was the center of the fish coming up and down. So he was he he. Yeah, it was it was just one of those where it was you're just dragging like a tabla through the water. Yeah, exactly. It was it was brutal. And when we got that fish in the boat, <laughs> Aaron Phillips goes, "Well, man, you sure fucked up on that drop back, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I fought that fish for six hours, and and I told I told I told Daniel Cole, I, was like, "I will never fight another swordfish." And that was my number one bucket list fish that I've always wanted to catch. And I caught that fish. It was 202 pounds. And 117 inches. For, uh, it was 117 inches overall, and and it was just something that some that's I'm never gonna forget that day. You know, I've we, you know I've gone out there and caught a couple more after that, but but me sitting in that chair and I have the video of it and it's it's crazy. You know, it's daylight to Tonight. Watch watching the sunset go down to everybody has headlamps on their on their head looking into the water when this fish is coming up
1: and then once that's done with like you guys head back or like you stayed out there that
3: night no we were supposed to be back in at six o'clock Shit. you know we were we were too <laughs> we we didn't get back in until almost midnight damn dude yeah by the time i got to the, when we got to the dock i was like 18 beers in it was exciting and this
1: was for fun or it was, it was
3: a fun trip you know it was a fun trip we don't I, we don't you know we do swordfish trips but it was it was just hey let's go out there and catch a swordfish how, was,
1: like how often do you get to fish for yourself just for fun
3: you know during uh you and your buddies after 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 snapper season amberjack season tuna season is pretty much over september october november is like hey we got four days of Four day window. Let's pick a day. Let's go fishing. And we'll, we'll go fun fishing. Right? Everybody pitches in for fuel, and we we'll go, we go grocery, grocery shopping pretty much. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, w- that's something that we love to do, DJ. You know, make sure that we all go out and get some snapper, load the fridge up, the freezers up. Sorry. And um, I mean, just recently we were thawing out some snapper, or frying it, almost burning down the house. But yeah, that was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> 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 yeah
2: that that oil did not want to stay stay in that that pot (laughs) yeah it was bubbling
1: well mark it's uh, been a pleasure having you on man um i know that i'm gonna get a lot of positive feedback on this episode just because again there's not a lot of knowledge on the deep blue coming out of south Padre island and you're bringing it you know what i mean so we're gonna you know we would love for you to come on in the in future episodes and just bring us stories of what's going on out in the the deep blue and, and, um, how your fishing is going, you know what I mean? Um, but again, we appreciate you coming on.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely be back. Uh, like I said, you know, I appreciate you guys inviting me over and, and talking about fishing. You know, I, I enjoy talking about fishing and, uh, I appreciate her, you know, all my, my sponsors, you know, pure fishing and, uh, you know, Isla and Rica and, you know, Tom and Jerry's nautical, uh, Laguna Madre closing, Cole, uh, los pescadores, Texas, you know they, they they all treat me very well. So, like I said, is uh, I appreciate everybody, uh, especially Daniel Cole. You know, if you guys want to, if you guys ever come down to South Padre Island, uh, we're located at uh, Sea Ranch Marina, and on Facebook it's uh, Misdirected Fishing Charters. Our website is uh, texasportfish.com or you can find me on Facebook at Mark Villareal. Um, You know, I post everything on Facebook and. It's just you know, I, I I just enjoy being out there and fishing.
1: Yeah, man. Well, like I said, you know, we all enjoyed having you on the podcast. Um remember guys, whether you're a seasoned angler or a novice adventurer, Captain Mark welcomes you aboard his well-equipped vessel. With his wealth of knowledge about the areas, fishing hotspots and techniques, he will guarantee you unforgettable experience on the open sea. So be prepared for thrilling battles with mighty fish early sunrises and endless stories to share Um, so if you're ready to embark on an offshore fishing journey like no other captain mark is your ultimate guide so yeah just make sure that you go to the website texassportfish.com and you'll can find anything you need to to go ahead and book you know captain mark and and his vessel Um, and go ahead and book them you know this is south padre island The Gulf of Mexico is his playground. He is the guy to make it happen. So, again, guys, I appreciate everybody tuning in to this episode. We'll continue to bring you weekly episodes as we get going. We're going up to Houston this weekend to uh, meet with a few other companies. And, uh, again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Mark, I appreciate you. But until next time, laters.
5: On the next one, guys. See ya. Bye, guys. See you later, guys. Mark, nice meeting you, brother.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. I I enjoyed talking to you guys and that was that was that was amazing.
5: Appreciate it, brother. Till
1: next
4: time.
0: Welcome to the Buckhook Podcast. From the shallow waters of the Lower Laguna Madre to the deep blue waters of the Gulf of Mexico and the thick mesquite brush of South Texas, follow along as the Buckhook crew take you on their outdoor adventure. And now, here's your
3: host, Jason Saldivar.